Back to a theater near you. I'm your host, Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by Wilford Brimley's Uncovered Legs. <laughs> Sean Doyle. And a small Muppet that's not quite an Ewok that runs real fast. Paul, Paul Drew. <laughs> that's me. I wanted to be Wilford Brimley. I wanted to go eat your damn oatmeal. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. I'm joined by Wilford Brimley Buffalo Shot. <laughs> Listen, you little bear creatures. Oatmeal's good for you. Keep the diabetes away. Uh, it was my pick this month for some reason, and we wound up... What did we pick? We picked this instead of Ernest, right? Uh, we watched Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. Um, we actually just watched it, and, well... Let's see how it stacks up. Uh, how you guys doing? Oh, I'm living the freaking dream over here. Do do tell. Well, I I we got I got I got things to get into. Yeah, do it. Get into it. Right. Now let's get let's get to work. We're just we're gonna skip a bunch of crap and go right to it. Get to the heart of the matter. I'm gonna start off big here. <laughs> we talked about my mother uh, a few weeks ago. She's a nice lady. Goes to church. Mm-hmm. Like spending time with her kids. <laughs> So for Christmas, me and my sisters, we decided we're going to get my mom, as part of her Christmas present, we're just taking her out for the day. Go out to dinner, see a movie. She'll love it. (laughs) This was a perfect plan. So we take her to this place in Atlantic City, Nucky's. It's a fancier restaurant, not like crazy fancy, but fancier, it's nice. And below Nucky's is a movie theater. And bonus for us, it's a movie theater you can drink at. So, beer while you watch the movie, why not? You have to select a movie. There's three theaters there. Willy Wonka was playing. My mom wasn't very interested. Fine. The other two were Boys in the Boat and Poor Things. Now, at this point, I'm going to give a spoiler alert. My mom chose Poor Things. So if you haven't seen Poor Things... Porn Things? Well, you know. If you haven't seen Poor Things, this is your warning. I'm going to talk about the movie for the next three to five minutes. Sean. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, you're you're... It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you're, you're SOL. You're, I, not I heard, only you're SOL, but after I'm done talking, we're gonna you're gonna be good with it. I heard it was good. Uh huh. It's up for a bunch of Academy Awards. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we go in, and if you don't know the basic plot, it's like a Frankenstein situation. Only it's a girl. Like it's a female Frankenstein situation. Okay. Sure. All right. Great. Played by Emma Stone, I think. If I'm not mixing up actresses, she's up for the Academy Award. We watched a brief preview to decide which movie, and this was the one my mother chose. It looked whimsical, mm-hmm. had some cool set designs, had Mark Ruffalo. Who doesn't mm. like Mark Ruffalo, right? The first three, four minutes of the movie, uh, you get a little bit of Willem Dafoe, too, and that's nice. Sure. Uh, it's always nice to get a little Willem Dafoe. Yeah. I'd even take a lot of Willem Dafoe. Yeah. yeah. He, he comes back in throughout the movies. He's good. Is he Dafoe in the movie? Or is he is he Willem DeFriend, or is he Dafoe? Oh, he's the creepy, but... Uh, I guess he's the good guy. I don't know. But it's good. Yeah, okay. I mean, he's good. So the first three or four minutes of the movie, we get into a scene where she, uh, Emma Stone, this Frankenstein-type-esque thing, um, which has an infant's mind, okay, uh, she proceeds to masturbate a corpse, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting in the movie, 
that I took my mom to for Christmas. It's my mother. My sister's on either side of her. I'm sitting to the side of one of my sisters, and my brother-in-law, Keith, is there. So the five of us are there with my very Catholic mom. I think we picked her up from church. And she's not a crazy prude. It's fine that there's like a sex scene in a movie or whatever, but it, this is weird. This is weird. Sure. All right, a little uncomfortable. Fine. A couple minutes go by. Emma Stone proceeds to have a three or four minute scene where she learns to play with herself. Uh, fairly graphically. Okay, great. Uh, still pretty awkward, but now we've moved past that, right? Okay, she's exploring her body. She's figuring things out. Fine, let's move on, right? Mark Ruffalo shows up. And when I tell you there's a 20 minute sex scene that's just montage of them really going to town on each other in every position that you can think of, right? I mean, no wrong answers. Get in there, really shuffle it about, you know? All right. All right. So uh, we get past that. You should should have just stayed home with your mom and read it, Hell Comes to Frog. (laughs) It would have been less awkward. So now everybody's just like, no one will move. My sisters and me won't look at each other. I'm thinking about how many separate Ubers we're going to have to order to get home because I'm not getting in a car with them after this. Mark Ruffalo exits the movie. You think, thank God. Thank God we can move on, right? You get about three minutes after Mark Ruffalo and she joins a 19th century Parisian prostitute house. There's then a half hour of her getting fucked by increasingly upsetting men. Like, at first it's like a dude, then it's a dude who makes both his kids watch, then it's a fat guy, but like really fat, then it's a guy with like a hook hand, then Gollum comes in, and each one of them has to do her in a different way. And then, once we get through that half hour of the movie... Oh, and the prostitute lady that runs the place can't even get into that creepy relationship... Uh, then she decides to be a lesbian and there's just a lot of eating out for, you know, some graphic, let's get in, let's get in on it, you know? Um, then there's a little more sex and an abusive husband. Uh, All in all, it was like pro-pedophilia porn. I mean, just for two hours. So... Not only do I personally, I didn't, I didn't love the movie. And if you took out all those parts, it still wasn't that great a movie. Mark Ruffalo was very good. He Sounds was like hysterical. if you take out all those parts, the movie's 15 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah, it was. But all I want is, I just wanted to add a disclaimer. Don't bring your mom. Like, the, <laughs> the preview really didn't help to tell you, if you come here, you got two hours of Christmas porn. And that's probably not what you were looking for. M- Mrs. Doyle, I don't, I don't know if you listen to this, but... <laughs> You you messed up. Wonka was great. <laughs> <laughs> really missed the boat on that one. It was a good movie. I liked it. I uh, I and and I expected to. I don't want to say I expected to not like it, but like I was kind of like this could this could be bad. You know, like this like a a Willy Wonka prequel thing. Like nobody asked for this. Um, but when it started, it it's a musical. And when it when it started, the moment it started, and I like I heard the music and saw like the aesthetic of it, I was like, I'm gonna love this. Like, manga was pretty good. All right, they captured the original movie, but but went with it. Like, because the original is a musical and it's great. It's Gene Wilder. Yeah. I, so I guess what I'll say is the the main guy Timothy Timothy Chalamet. Uh-huh. I don't know a lot about him, admittedly. Um, I mean, he was, I, I thought he was a great singer. I thought he was, you know, I thought, I thought he was good. Um, 
I think he gets kind of a lot of like a bad rap for kind of like being broy. Like I feel like everything I've seen about him, you know, like people kind of make fun of just his personality. But like he was great in it. The thing that was hmm, how do I put this? The thing that was not that it was bad. I think the only thing that was maybe just a little off about it is I think part of what's great about Gene Wilder is how sort of like cynical he is, like the the sort of like cynical snarky humor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um and and it kind of you know, it kind of borders between like is he this sort of uh crotchety nut job right is he a crotchety nut job or is is it an act because he has this wonderful candy shop for children um and that 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 sort of mystery is what keeps you going with that character i think the choice to dial down the cynicism with this was good because it's a prequel you know it's like he he's it's him beginning to be a chocolatier so some of that stuff of where he gets to later in life, I think it was good that it was pulled back. But I think because of that, it didn't feel like the same character in some ways. You uh, know? All right. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, all in all, it was, it was, it was a great movie. Like, you should watch it. It's great. All right. Did you, did you, did you see it, Chris? What, Wonka? Yeah. No, I did not. Okay. I have not had the pleasure yet. I feel like it's going to come up in movie night picks eventually. But my movie night picks are kind of spoken for for the foreseeable future. Right. Uh, since we started, we officially started the MCU. Was that all you guys had to, to go on? I thought there was oh, going to be like I a, think there's a lot more. I got other oh. topics. That was it for, for porn things. Well, I, <laughs> I, guess, I guess while you're talking about exposing your children to the mcu and you're talking about uh things you should exposing have, my mother to yeah all things kinds you should have watched with your mother uh-huh. um i will say that uh chris this is a thing that you have uh, you, you have yet to experience yet like this is this is new turf for me so i'm just I, i'm just telling you it's a little strange I've now watched a couple of R-rated movies with my son <clears throat> and you know i think i guys told you about how um over Christmas, we watched Die Hard, right? <laughs> that that was that was the first that we decorated the tree. And we're like, let's watch a Christmas movie, and he's like, I know a Christmas movie. <laughs> um, so we watched Die Hard. Like I said, no regrets about that. Then I decided I wanted to show him Terminator Two, and I was like, if I'm showing you Terminator Two, I think we should watch Terminator One first. Mm. Um, not that you need to see one to see the other. But I just think that when you watch those two movies together, they just complement each other so well in terms of like what they say about time travel and what they say about humanity. And, you know, also, I mean, like, I think if you've seen the first one, it makes that scene in the hallway of the mall so much better when, you know, the two Terminators are coming after him and you're like... I mean, up until that point, you think Arnold's the villain, you know? Right, right. Like, I I wanted him to experience that. So I was, we watched Terminator 1 first, and I was like, ooh, I didn't realize this had nudie stuff in it. I forgot about this. <laughs> and so that was awkward. Yeah, when you said it, I was like, T2's not too bad. I mean, there's a, there's some, there's a couple gruesome deaths, the mom with the milk and stuff, but... 
Uh, it's not too bad, but T1 is different. Those movies, I, while I love them both, I saw them out of order. And it worked fine. It mm-hmm. worked fine, but you're right. It probably is better in the correct order. The uh, But when you really step back, T1's more of a horror film. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's got obviously got the sci-fi elements to it. The, sci- the story is, you know, science fiction. But, I mean, it's filmed, and when you're watching it, feels like a horror movie. Whereas the second one feels like an action sci-fi. Primarily, it feels like an action movie. Again, yeah. there's heavy sci-fi elements, certainly. Yeah. Um, but it's two very different feels. Not unlike Alien 1 and Alien 2. The first one was a horror movie that yeah. I love, and the second one was an action movie that I love. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you... Terminator One's got nudie stuff, and it's a pretty hard movie. Like yeah. it's, it it was it was violent, but I also think that there's a lot of '80s violent things that don't feel as crazy as stuff today. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think <laughs> I think it was, I hate to say it, but I think the nudie stuff was more of a shock watching <laughs> it with my kids than the violent stuff. Um. But uh, yeah, he loved them. Uh, he wants to watch the rest of them, and I'm like, "Ooh, they're not good." <laughs> we <laughs> we prepared for now. He's going to learn about disappointment. So. Yeah. <laughs> Fair warning: it's all downhill from here. <clears throat> well, uh, we had an interesting movie experience uh, this past Friday. So we do our weekly movie nights, and this was uh, this was John's pick, and John has been. I'm not entirely sure where he really discovered the character originally, but he's been very interested in Godzilla recently. So we wound up, uh, I I talked to my friend Dan about what would be a good Godzilla movie to start him on, because, you know, I didn't really go, obviously this is for family movie night, right? So Ellie's got to watch it too. So I didn't want to go fully all the way back to the first movie, because I feel like that would have bored the crap out of her too much. Um, But... He wanted something with a lot of action in it. He doesn't necessarily care if the effects are super good. He just wants cool monster designs beating the heck out of each other. So you went with 1998's Godzilla? No. Well, Matthew Broderick? <laughs> no. uh, Godzilla sort versus of. King Kong? That had some good fight scenes. We wound up going with, at Dan's recommendation, uh, 2004's Godzilla Final Wars. Okay. Which is, uh, it's a Toho one, and it's uh, it's still rubber suit, but it's 2004, so there's some CG in there, mm. including the Matthew Broderick Godzilla makes an appearance in that movie. Mm. Uh, they call him Zilla, I believe is his, his Japanese name. They just call it Zilla. Um, it was terrible, but it was awesome, <laughs> which is exactly how it was presented uh, to us. So this movie... It was. It had subtitles, and both of the kids did fine with it, which is was was kind of my concern uh, that I wasn't sure how they were going to handle it. But they did. They they were totally fine with the subtitles. What was so? It starts off great. It starts off with just like here's some some kaiju battling going on. Good times are had by all. Uh, but then it gets talky for like an hour and a half, and the movie was about. St- these aliens were invading the planet and they had all these various like Godzilla kaiju monster enemies to dump on the planet. And then there were these like mutant people that were like superhero kind of people with some sort of superpowers and they could ride motorcycles really fast. I, I, I honestly don't even know. (laughs) I don't even know what the actual plot of this movie was, but by the end of it, it just turned into a, like at the beginning of the movie, Godzilla was frozen 
And then they were like, we need to unfreeze Godzilla to fight these monsters so that we can fight the aliens. And so they did. They unfroze Godzilla and he beat up like everyone. It was kind of awesome. Uh, and it was, I was kind of afraid that we were going to see, you know, rubber suit Godzilla and John was going to be like, okay, this is, this is dumb. But he was totally into it. Once the action sequences happened and he's like, Godzilla's like picking up monsters and throwing them around like a professional wrestling match. And he was, he was fine with it. He thought it was super cool. And uh, Ellie was following the plot, this completely ridiculous plot during the, the course of the movie about like, she noticed that one of the people wasn't an alien because that was an alien because they didn't blink. And that was something they pointed out. I was like, wow, these kids are really en enjoying this really stupid movie. This is kind of great. So I don't know where we go from here because I wanted to show him because I also saw Godzilla versus Kong. But I wanted to show him, you know, the lead ups to that. Not that you need to, but like I was like, all right, well, what about the, the 2014 Godzilla movie? And I haven't seen that, but I'm, I'm told that that one is even less pretty not action heavy as far as like the actual Godzilla beaten up stuff. I think he'd probably dig Godzilla versus Kong because that was. That movie was a shit show, but it was a lot of fun. Well, in the like these newer things, the 2014 one. And then the Kong Skull Island and like, like, I, I think they're all, uh, linear in terms of like the story they're telling. Um, I, I just don't know if they're <laughs> tooled in a way that kids can go, oh yeah, that guy, you know? Cause yeah, I don't think they're going to care about any of the characters. Cause the, like the one little girls in, in both the. But the one little girl's in both the Godzilla movie and the... The second Godzilla movie. The second Godzilla movie and Kong vs. Godzilla. Right. And then there's that other teenage girl that's in King Kong. Ah, it's been a minute. See, here's the thing. I think I expected... Uh, I think I expected more cohesion as it went on. Because, like, you had that Godzilla 2014 thing. Then there was the Kong Skull Island thing that took place in the 70s. So you're like, this... This takes place before all this stuff. So then the next Godzilla movie, I assumed, would have some characters returning. But it was like all new people. And then as it went on, I was like, well, now I'm like investing in different people every time. Um, but I just finished that TV show, that Monarch Legacy of Monsters TV show. Took a while. But it started tying stuff together from all the movies. And hmm. I was like, where was this the whole time? Where was this thing? And that's the one with Kurt Russell? Yeah. And I gotta go watch that. Kurt Russell and, and Wyatt Russell, who plays the younger version of him. And then at one point, I was like, th I was like this is really unreal. Uh, uh, can I ruin something? Can I say spoilers? Yeah, go ahead. Good. Okay. okay. I'm telling the world, too. Spoilers. You know, at one point, I was like, I was like, this, I was like, this is ridiculous, right? Because... Wyatt Russell plays the version of him in the forties, mm, I think, right in the nineteen forties. Um, and then you know the the show is set, I think, in like twenty fifteen. So I think it was like a year after the Godzilla attack, the year after the you know the the movie Godzilla attack. So like I'm like, you know, like Kurt Russell should have been in his 90s, you know, like, he's, like, running away from monsters, and he's, like, jumping off things and whatever, you know, and then at one point somebody's like, 
wait, you're 90 years old? And he's like, yeah, I have good genes, you know, or something like that. So I was like, oh, this this show. But then at one point you, that you learn that the way that the monsters, which they call Titans, are traveling is through these, like, wormhole things. And, like, it's it seems like they're going underground, but they're really going to, like, a different dimension. And time works differently there. And at one point, <clears throat> Russell goes in there in, like... I don't know, the 60s, and, like, he comes out in the 1980s. So he mm. just skips 20 years. Right, you know? right, right. Um, so, uh, so then it's okay. Yeah, like, they thought it out. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, like, it really did come together in some cool ways in the end, so. All right, I'll give that a try. All right, yeah, I started that show. We didn't get very far. We just watched the first episode. I've been watching other things in its place. But, yeah, it's uh, John's... John is uh, in his Godzilla phase right now, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see where that takes us. You should build little cities and let him trounce them. I'm sure he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I gotta step it back for a second because I'm curious about this. You said you started the MCU. Yes. What have you shown them so far? All right, so I have my own personal order of the way. Uh, this is part of, of the question. Of course you do. Of watching the MCU, because of, of course, course I do. do. Uh, so I believe that it has to start with Iron Man. Because that was the first movie in the MCU. Sure. Um, but I think that the second movie is... I think the second movie's got to be Captain America. Because if you think about the first... The entire Infinity Saga, the two main characters are Cap and Iron Man. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you introduce Iron Man, you introduce Cap. Mm -hmm. That way you're not watching two Iron Man movies back to back. And you're good to go. Are you just ignoring the Hulk movie? No, no. That okay. is... Let me get my list out. But you could. You could ignore it. You could. You could, but it introduces... I mean, first off, I love, I love that movie. I think it's yeah, a blast. Yeah, that was good. Um, it introduces uh, uh, Ross, who is, uh, comes back. Also, eventually, if you get to She-Hulk, there's Abomination again, and Leader is going to be in the next Captain America movie. Okay. Um, who, who I absolutely love Tim Roth as Abomination, both in yeah. the movie and in the She-Hulk series. Yeah, yeah. So, we started with Iron Man, then we did Captain America 2. Uh, the next one's gonna be Iron Man two, then Hulk. Wait, then... did you say Captain America two? Yeah, but he meant Captain America. Iron okay. Captain America. Sorry, Iron Man then Captain America, then Iron Man two, okay. then Incredible Hulk, mm -hmm. then that consultant one shot. We'll probably walk right watch right before Thor, and then you get the Avengers. Hooray! Well, then Thor, then the Avengers. But sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Consultant Thor, then Avengers. Right. After that, for the most part, these kind of stay in re release order. Except one big move I make there with the, 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 the second phase after the Avengers. We go Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, the Agent Carter one-shot, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Ultron, Ant-Man, Civil War, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, Black Widow, because that movie does not belong anywhere, anywhere near, near Phase 4. Sure. No. It yeah. was ridiculous where they put it. It completely doesn't make sense where that is. I don't care what they say. Clearly something... There was some sort of issue that was clearly planned for much earlier. Yeah, no doubt. Then Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Thor Ragnarok. And from that point on, I think we're pretty well in, in order. Now, my concern now is that they have officially confirmed that the Netflix shows are canon. And I can't really show that to the kids. Oh, yeah. No, Just you the, cannot. They don't really work in the, uh, they don't really work in the uh, movie night situation either because they're, you know, 
full multi-hour series. Yeah, but you don't need them. You don't need them. You don't need them, which was a good move. For all the TV shows, I know they're saying S.H.I.E.L.D.'s not canon now, but they can go fuck themselves. Uh, don't tell me what to count. I'll count whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and it, especially those early S.H.I.E.L.D.'s, they tied in so oh, nicely yeah. with, like, they were doing it on purpose and doing a good job of Lady it for Sif a while. showed there. up, and Nick Fury yeah. showed up. And like and it played honestly, off what happened end, in Cam Two. They mentioned Thanos showing up and everything. Right. Like they and they kept isolating them, like sending them back in time, sending them forward in time, sending them to outer space, so that like they weren't stepping on the toes of what was happening. And then they were just like, you know what? Never mind. It's not canon. And it just pissed me off. I was like, Did well, they I hate ever you. Can officially say that though? Yeah, at one point they came out. I don't. And like, I don't. I don't remember seeing any sort of official confirmation that that wasn't canon. When I was doing my last rewatch, I tried to make it. I tried to make Agent Carter fit, and unfortunately, it just kind of doesn't because of uh, just because of season two and the fact that it never got resolved. It just kind of doesn't really work. Yeah, I freaking love that show. Agent Carter was great, and I loved Agents of Shield as well. And I think the only thing that bothers me in 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 being able to even you know screw you, I'll say it's canon all I want, is that. There was never that moment where any of the Avengers got to find out that Phil Coulson was alive. And I feel like yeah. all the points throughout the MCU with S.H.I.E.L.D. existing and everything, there should have been something. Like, there was no mention, like, at one point the friggin' Inhumans are all over the world and this never comes up in the movies. Like, it just, it just doesn't quite work. Which, and you know what my thought on that was, because, right, the Inhumans pop up and then you had that Inhumans TV series that popped in and mm-hmm. used some of the that was tightly wound into that to the the agents of shield they could have just uh at one point the the shield team goes into the future it's the future and then they come back and at that point they could have just come back on an alternate timeline because then the guy who plays black bolt in that tv series shows up in the movie and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right, so they could have just been in that timeline. So you could have tied it all together, and then nobody in the Marvel main 616 would have ever found uh, Coulson because he's trapped in another timeline. Right. But they yeah, didn't, and, they didn't and put you two even, seconds of work. Two you, seconds of work. Yeah, it really wouldn't have taken much to ultimately tie that in. But, I don't know, we'll see. It's a... Uh, yeah. The oh. Netflix shows are a little a little wonky, too, because of the actors who have played various characters, especially since we've got, uh, was it Cottonmouth is going to be Blade. That's Yeah, why are they doing that? There's a million actors in the world. Why <laughs> exactly. would you pick one that's sort of already here? Yeah. Not that he didn't, he did a great job. He the did, guy was yeah. great at what he did in the, the Netflix series. But pick a different actor, god dang it. And then, uh, there was the Runaways 2 and Cloak and Dagger, and your kids might like those. I thought Runaways was really well done. It was clearly aimed at 12-year-olds. Right. So it wasn't really for me, but I thought they did a great job with it. And that tied in with Cloak and Dagger, which tied in with the Netflix ones. Mm. Just just in little ways, like in the Cloak and Dagger one, he's reading a newspaper with Luke Cage on it and stuff, mm. and it's the guy from the, the Netflix one. Um, but then Cloak and Dagger cross over into Runaways at one point, or vice versa. I don't remember which way. Well, I think they're, I think they're doing an okay job of making things seem like they fit as much as they need to, right? I mean the, the the recasting actors thing is kind of an kind of an odd choice. But uh if if it means that I get to get some closure to some of these uh Netflix series, that that's great. Like uh, I'm I'm glad if Daredevil Born Again seems like it's gonna be a good time. I really liked Echo. 
Um, I'm not finished with Echo. Don't spoil me. Echo that, was that great. I care about. Echo was great. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I was trying to think of something silly to spoil it with, but I, I just can't. No, Echo was a good time. I was very happy with that, and uh, I, I, I'm glad that they... I was a little concerned with all the... There was like a bunch of drama with uh, people leaving uh, Born Again and whatnot because they were changing directions and whatnot. It seems like the direction they've landed on is never mind. The Netflix show is proper canon. Let's get everybody back. Yeah. Uh, Which I like that. I prefer that. I think I didn't know there was another option on the table. All the other options are stupid options. I I I, agree. (laughs) I'm not sure I have the whole information, but I think what happened was they started making it the the sort of shutdowns happened because of the writer strike and all that stuff and then they were kind of like this isn't working and i think it wasn't working because it didn't gel with the previous stuff and now they have those actors back that played karen page and that played foggy mm-hmm. i think they were like how do we make this without these characters um so yeah it sounds like it's Sounds like it's much, much better now. It sounds like it's moving in the right direction. It sounds like all of the Marvel stuff is moving in the right direction. That they seem, uh, they seem to be, they seem to have learned the lesson that they learned from Star Wars already. I'm not sure why they needed to learn it again. That if you, you can't just pump out constant content because then it makes it less special, and you don't have, no, you don't have the resources to make everything as good as it should be. Um, so with everything slowing down, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm hopeful that it's all going to be moving in the right direction. I haven't disliked any of the Marvel projects. I I will say that Secret Invasion was a bit of a letdown, but I still enjoyed my time with it. Um, I enjoyed it, too. I, I agree in that it was a bigger thing in the comic, but, like, they took a big thing and made it small. Yeah. I enjoyed the small thing they gave me, Yeah, but it feels like they took a big storyline and kind of... Well, while we're talking about the direction that they're going in, because... To a certain extent, there's some of this conversation I can't key in on because I didn't I didn't watch Agents of Shield. Like heard it was good. I think in the beginning when I started watching it, I couldn't get into it, and then everybody's like, "Ah, oh, you didn't watch it long enough." And I was like, "No." But um, but yeah, in terms of where they're going, I don't really think we've talked about this whole thing with Kang. So I'm not so worried about that. Really, they've of all the. The guy was doing a great job in the role, but of all the characters to have to replace, Kang doesn't have to look the same. In no, fact, we've already seen that a lot, right? We've... So the Kang that shows up doesn't have to be the same actor. Like that's not. It's yeah, fine. That does seem to be the uh, the the rumor anyway that they uh, there has been a couple of rumors of recasting Kang. We've but, seen well, him. Well, that guy got in trouble for domestic violence or drugs yeah. or something. Yeah. I don't know. But Disney's not going to work with him. Yeah. He got uh, he got convicted for yeah, domestic like, violence. Yeah. All the way, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but of all the actors to have to replace, that one just Yeah, like, works. He's, he's a multiversal villain. I mean, if Loki can be a freaking alligator, Kang, can, yeah. Kang doesn't have to look like Jonathan Majors. Oh, yeah, I guess... Like, we've seen different versions of Kang... Mm-hmm. We haven't seen any that weren't played by Jonathan Majors, though, right? No, we did in that. Well, in that last scene of Quantumania, right? Was it Quantumania that, that we saw the whole saw council, the council of Kangs? Kangs. You saw they like looked all kinds of right. Different. One of them oh, okay. looked like you know an alligator man, and one looked like I don't remember what they were, but they they all look completely different, right? So you don't. That's fine. Yeah, well, that's easy. And yeah. like they they with the last season of Loki, they seem to have wrapped up that specific flavor of Kang's story. So I don't think it's a problem at all. 
Actually, what would you know what would help them and make this feel more purposeful is if like, you know, because I know he's supposed to show up in I think they're the the two movies that are slated are Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Like it'd be cool if he showed up once or twice more before them, and each time he was a different actor. Yeah, that like would... then it would really right. You know, then you, then you really hit it home. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. I'm I'm into all of it. I'm excited, and I want to see where they're going with. I want to see where they're going with mutants. I want to see where they're going with Fantastic Four. I think. Uh, Pedro Pascal's a weird choice for Mr. Fantastic, but, you know. I, I don't know why they didn't stick with Kaczynski. I thought that was fun. He looked good. He did look good. There was a there was a big problem with... I, I had a big problem, the same problem a lot of people had with that scene where he's supposed to be the smartest man in the world, and he just tells Wanda exactly how Black Bolt's gonna kill her. Right. <laughs> like... <laughs> I don't think the smartest man in the world would have made that mistake. But that's not his fault. That's a writing problem. Yeah, that's a writing problem, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Did, Krasinski was was great in that role, but... Everyone saw the Marvels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not really doing a spoiler. I, I, I just, I just watched it when it popped up on Disney. I didn't catch it in the theater. It's like one of the first ones I didn't catch in the theater. I thought it was good. It was a very good movie. I liked it. I enjoyed it start to finish. Here's what I will say about it. Other than the post credit scene, it didn't feel like it moved the plot along at all. Because I've already been introduced to these three characters. I like the, the Miss Marvel series on Netflix, and we, we already knew uh, Rambo from a couple different things already. Mm-hmm. So it didn't introduce any characters. It introduced a villain that it then eliminated. So it just felt like, uh, which I guess might not be the end of the world, but one of the great things all the Marvel movies up to this point had going for them is not only was it a nice little standalone story, but it pushed forward the overarching plot. Right. Even if it was in some sort of small way. Right. This felt just like it was, just here's a story. Mm -hmm. And they did a good job with it and I enjoyed it, but it, it lacked that grandeur of adding to the universe, except for the one little tack on scene at the end, which might be very important. But it was just a tack on scene that was two minutes long in the middle of the credits. I I uh I guess I can kind of see that. I really I kind of liked how insular it was because one of the things was that all the movies didn't necessarily they didn't need to move the plot forward that much. Like it, they were very subtle about moving things forward as far as the overarching storyline. And then when you got to see like the big Avengers movie or like Civil War, you could see more of how those pieces were going to fit together. And so I kind of, I, I felt like the MCU was kind of getting itself bogged down in all of this. Um, we've got to make this big overarching plot that we have to move forward thing. And that this movie was slightly more insular, but at the same time, the big, you know, the big thing at the end, I thought that was a, I thought it was a neat way of handling it. And I was you know what it very felt like? by it. It felt like the T a lot of the TV series are insular mm-hmm. because they want to make it. So you don't have to watch the TV series. So when I was watching this movie, I felt like I was watching the TV series, which again made me feel like it lacked the grandeur of the movies. The TV series are what fill in the time between the movies mm. for me. You know, it's like, all right, here's something to to get by on until the <clears throat> to the, the icing on the cake comes. Right, except like WandaVision was <laughs> WandaVision was pretty a big, a pretty important deal, and so was Cap, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, you know, now we that that was the establishing a new Captain America and. But if you didn't if you didn't watch it, I I think I think you start the new Captain America movie and you're not 
missing it, right? Like, like at the end Cap of, hands him the shield. Yeah, at the right, end of Endgame, right, yeah. he hands him the shield. He's like, you, you know, you're 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 the new Cap, right? So you you know that's the reality. It's just you happen to miss the show that developed it in between, right? Secret um, Wars, I think, is that one's going to be a little tougher to explain, especially because of Rhodey. But I, I think the thing that you're explaining, Sean, um, about Marvels is is kind of is kind of the way I felt about it. I it, like like I liked it too. I liked it a lot. I'm I'm having a harder time remembering now because it was quite a while ago that I saw it. I can't remember when it came out, but like. I remember feeling like, and and also, you know, there was all the people that were like critic bombing it and, you know, hating on it before it even came out, you know, like where, where, you know, it had, it had, it had its work cut out for it because there was people that were already being weird. And then it was like, <laughs> it was like, oh, you know, least successful one, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, like, as opposed to what, you know, <laughs> like, as opposed like, to the 10 movies that are yeah, on like the like, top 20 grossing movies yeah, of all what time. Is your or, litmus for success. But anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 I really liked it. Um, I, I mean, I think of the newer stuff, it was one of the better ones. Uh, I, I, think my, I think my criticism was wanting more of the other characters that weren't her, that weren't Captain Marvel, um, uh, you know, to be, to be more developed before that point. Because we saw... We were introduced to Monica Rambeau in the first Captain Marvel, but then really we we got a little in Wandavision. Yeah, we get what we get. Getting her to that point was done in Wandavision, and then the other character, Ms. Marvel, was totally introduced in a TV show. So it's like I think I just wanted more stories with them before that movie. You know what I mean? Like I wanted, I wanted all of them to have been given more equal time and development that then all three of them come together. You know, like I felt like I felt like some of that was glazed over a little bit just so you could get to the part where they were all switching powers. Right, know? right. Um uh yeah, I I I I I think it was just okay, if you if you watched these things, here's the next step of that. And if you didn't, then we're still going to give you everything that you can we need to so you can enjoy this i just wish i like i wish we had gotten another movie in between i guess that's all <laughs> right. i can see that those post credit scenes were pretty interesting though the setting up young avengers and the uh oh i forgot about the setting up young <clears throat> avengers one i was just thinking about the other one right i'm still not sure what to make of that other one. Oh, because the other one wasn't a post credit scene it was just at the end I can, yeah right right that was right that was the pre-credit scene or whatever right, right, yeah, right, right. her because i i loved that hawkeye show and i thought uh, that oh yeah kate bishop is uh, such a fun character so i'm i'm really really into all that um but yeah the other one i don't know what to make of that i feel like i feel like there was a lot of talk of it being a a huge deal of how it's introducing the x-men like i don't think that's how they're gonna introduce the x-men into the mcu like that's a whole other universe you're in right there. I don't think they're going to, like, pluck pre-established X-Men characters and put them in our universe. But then again, what do I know? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I hope they do it more organically, because I like that they set up Ms. Marvel at the end of Ms. Marvel, suggesting, they, suggesting that she's a mutant. 
I like I like that setting it up organically because if you're going to do X Men, if you're going to keep the MCU going for another twenty some odd years, start young. Start start. Don't bring a bunch of established older actors in and then have them age out of the roles. Like, oh, they'll age out. I mean, they're already aging. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've, Kelsey you've, Grammer has the benefit of blue paint. Well, he was all CG in this one. So, oh, I mean, was it just CG? Yeah. I don't even know. He was just standing there for like a minute, but still. Like, I, I, I don't think it sets anything up. I think it's the same. I think it's the same Easter eggs that we've gotten for three, four movies now. We saw Patrick Stewart in mm-hmm. in the Doctor Strange movie. We saw that guy that played Quicksilver in WandaVision. Like, mm-hmm. I think they just want to say. We own these now, and <laughs> they're they just ex- pissing on their property. And they well, exist I- in a different continuity. And at some point, we'll address this. I think Deadpool three is just addressing it. Have you guys seen that trailer? Yeah, the one where he's like, sit- they're talking to Wolverine. There, the it, there's a new no, one that just went out during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh no, no, I didn't. I mean, there is a point where, well, the TVA gets Wade, right? So we have the TVA from Loki comes and gets Wade, and there's a point in the trailer where they're fighting in front of in front of the 20th Century Fox logo, like, that it's destroyed in the background. It's a giant 20th Century Fox logo, and they're having some sort of fight in front of it. Uh, something's, something's going on with this movie. It's going to be very interesting. I, 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 I he, he might very well, as he says in the trailer, be Marvel Jesus, so... <laughs> we shall see I'm excited but alright I guess we should probably start talking about Ewoks or something but you guys have more to talk about right because yeah, we just sure started do. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, we got more take care of some yeah, business you did a deep dive on Ernest I did yeah me too, me too. <laughs> I don't think I did as deep a dive as you I um I so so this started because as I as I said last time I, I, my plant of putting Ernest Goes to Camp in there twice was because I really wanted us to choose Ernest Goes to Camp because I remember it being the best one. And then, I, like, because I was like, I, I'll just watch this. I'll watch this, you know, um, just so that I did it before next time we record. And then I went to find it and you couldn't find it. Couldn't find it anywhere. Couldn't find it anywhere. Like, like Amazon had the thing for it, but it was like not available. Just like when we tried to look for Zapped. Um, uh, and did that lead you down the rabbit hole of Disney? Oh, how did you find it? Did, well, for, I didn't. I didn't find that one. Okay. Disney owns Ernest. Yeah, but well, for all some of reason, Ernest or just the first four movies? Well, for some reason, the only one on Disney Plus or whatever the Disney streaming service is, is Disney goes Disney goes to Christmas. Ernest saves Christmas, Ernest, Ernest Christmas. fights Christmas, whatever. <laughs> That's the only one on there. Mm-hmm. But as far as I could tell in my limited research, trusting untrustable sources, Ernest, uh, Disney bought it out. They own it. Oh, okay. All the Ernests. Got it. They only produced the four movies. Yeah. But then I think they own the I, own, I think they own the character. Yeah. Or I think or maybe it was like Touchstone and then Touchstone got was bought by bought, Disney. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um Yeah. Uh yeah, so I couldn't find it anywhere. And then I started to worry. Like uh, this is a weird <laughs> thing to be worried about, but I was like, what if I never get to see it again? And then I I contacted Evan 
Um, and I was like, dude, this is weird, but like, it's really weighing on me heavily that I might never see this movie. And he was like, I got you. <laughs> and then the next thing I knew, all the Ernest movies were on the Plex. And I was like, thank you. All of the Ernest movies? <laughs> all of them, yeah. Because this is the other part of the deep dive. Then I was like, maybe I should just watch the first one. What's the first one? So then I started looking into it. And then, in, in checking things out... If you didn't already know this, Ernest was a comedian. He came up in, like, stand-up clubs with, like, him and Robin Williams knew each other. Like, mm-hmm. they both started at the same club. Uh, there's, like, some some video of, like, them joking around together. Do you, do you actually know the, like, history behind the character? Well, this is where I'm going. Okay, go. <laughs> so he develops this character, and he starts selling it for commercials. And it started with, like, local, like, car dealerships, like, you know... Atlantic City Nissan or whatever the hell yeah. it was. Uh, and then his manager just kept getting him bigger and bigger spots. And then he did that whole run of like Sprite ads and Mellow Yellow. And yeah, I, I think he was, I think it was an advertising company that put together these spots for lots of different things. Like if you were, if you were, you know, Bob Johnson Toyota or, you know, whatever it was, you would contact this ad company and then they would. You know, they would put together something, and and these earnest things were part of their marketing package. But then, yeah, I think he did get three, like, national commercials. Yeah, one of them was Sprite, and I remembered them once I saw him. It was like, he's walking by the window, he's like, hey, Vern, look, I got this new Sprite. And then the window slams on his fingers, or he's like, (laughs) comes up a ladder. You're always in that Vern position you're always looking at him he's talking at the camera as if you're his buddy Vern. the audience is Vern. i think usually ernest was doing some sort of home handyman thing for Vern. right Vern would be working on an air conditioner yeah. like oh you gotta do it like this and he pretend right. to get zapped or whatever. some of the you know some of those commercials what they sold were you know hardware store things or something like that sure. right so so yeah you were always Vern. It was always point of view camera thing. You know, sometimes you'd see the camera shake, like Vern was shaking his head, right, right. no, or whatever. And then, yeah, you got the idea that Vern really didn't like Ernest very much. <laughs> and then, so from what I figured, from what I found, what happened was they had so many non compete stuff. Like he would do a car dealership, and then he was like screwed from doing other car dealerships. He would do like one brand of ice cream, like he did like. I don't think it was Core Brothers, but it was a bigger brand of ice cream that I'd heard of before. But then it's like, okay, well, now we're stuck out of that field. And basically his manager was like, well, I can't figure out anything else for us to do because we got all these non-competes against ourselves now. Like, we can't do Pepsi because we're doing Sprite. Right. Uh, so let's just make a movie. And they, the first thing they released was direct-to-home video, and it was just a collection of the commercials. And people were buying it. And then they released a second movie, which was just a second collection of commercials, but there was a $10,000 prize for, like, someone who could count the number, know what it means, that he said during the whole thing and sent it in. Was one of these movies called Dr. Otto and the Gloom Beam? No, that's the next one. So the next one was Dr. Otto and the Gloom Beam, and I went and watched that steaming pile of crap. I I only got, like, a half hour into it. Oh, God, it was bad. It was so bad. It was like, it wasn't even... It was clearly childish humor. You know, it was four kids. Fine. I can respect that. This is an Ernest movie? Eh. So... He's not distinctly Ernest in the movie. He's he's a bunch of things. Got it. Okay. Right. So this bad guy, this guy with his hand on his head, is trying to destroy the Earth's economy, and he keeps jumping into this coffin 
that makes him come out as a different person. So then that that comedian, he will dress up like a different, you know, he was like a pirate guy, and then he was like a westerny guy, and then he was a rich guy, whatever it was, right? Uh, and then at the end, he gets in the coffin and comes out as Verna, uh, as Ernest, and the coffin, I think, is lost to him or something. So he stuck as Ernest, and, that, and now that's the character of Ernest. That might be Ernest's origin story, I think. Oh. Yeah, I should have watched it till the end. I yeah. didn't know this. I didn't know there was lore involved. I've never seen anything Ernest, so... Oh, man. Oh. This is a... So I grew up wow. on, like, the Christmas special, the Halloween special. I think yeah. I saw Ghost to Camp. I don't really remember that one. Uh, Man, let me tell you, Ghost to Camp was great. Like, yeah. like I, so so I I watched four of them. I watched, I watched Ghost to Camp. I watched Saves Christmas. I watched Scared Stupid. And I, I didn't watch this time around Ernest Goes to Jail, but I, I saw it, like, three or four months ago. Like, I, I've, I've seen it recently enough that I remember it, so... So yeah, I, I watched I watched about four of them before we recorded, and man, Ernest Goes to Camp is the best one. It it's is it? so good. I remember loving Scared Stupid. It's been a minute, but I still I still quote Fresh Miak scared, on a daily basis. Scared Stupid, it, like all 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 the four I watched were good. I I think they go downhill after that. I tried to watch Slam Dunk Ernest, and whoo, it was a, <laughs> that was a rough start, but. The, those four are pretty fun, but but I I have to say, goes to camp. I'm not wrong in saying that it was my favorite. Like uh, it was, it was, it was fun. It was funny, and you know, one thing I realized about those four, go goes to jail is a little differently. I think there's a kid somewhere in it, but really, it's a lot of. I think really the hook with goes to jail is that he plays those two characters. He's Ernest, and then he's the the villain that's the, supposed to be in jail. Yeah, the guy in jail that looks exactly like Ernest. Right. Um, you know the the like you know mafia guy or whatever he is. Um, but the other three uh, are really centered on kids. Like the the co stars are kids, and I'm like, this is what's successful about him is that he is this like weird, lovable, childlike dude who's like you know helping these kids win back the camp or defeat the troll or whatever it is. Save like, Christmas. <laughs> oh, it's uh, like goes to camp was amazing. And, uh, uh, you know, all the, uh, like there was stuff where I sort of forgot a little bit about it. And then I remembered, and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like he's got that pet turtle and the turtle keeps biting him on the nose. Right. Right. And then like, I the, did see that one. Yeah. There was yeah. those other, there was those two guys that were in those first four movies as like different weird parts. And then goes to camp. They're the, um, the mess hall guys. And they keep making these machines that like fire spaghetti and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was great. And then at one point, out of nowhere, there's just a musical number. Like Ernest just starts singing, right? Like it's like it's about like like something sad happens, and he just has this like song about like he's sad and he thinks it's gonna rain today. And I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> like, like none of this rest of this movie was like this. So I absolutely loved it. My wife starts rolling her eyes when I put it on. Like she's like, oh, we're doing this, and I'm like, yeah, we're watching this, right? <laughs> She laughed regularly that <laughs> night. I'm like, I'm like, oh, didn't like the movie? Seems like you were laughing a lot. And she's like, well, you know, I don't know. And I'm like, uh-huh. It's brilliant. Come on. <laughs> slapstick is slapstick. You know, you want to sit here and say the Stooges aren't funny. You're, you're a fool. They are. Is it the highest brow of humor? No. But it's, it's, 
it's silly faces and it's you know it's it's probably cheap humor but it's humor nonetheless and he does it really well and in looking up about him it seems like he was just like a super nice guy too like the real life person yeah who's just like a good person who just like there wasn't any like i didn't find anything you know there's nothing shocking about him he got cancer he was a smoker he stopped smoking when he got the cancer but it was too late it got him it's and you could hear that he was a smoker yeah. like you listen to that character and you're like you you, you smoke you a couple smoke. Packs yeah yeah but i mean apart like that's the most scandalous thing about him is that he was a smoker and it's like yeah. you know it sucks what are you gonna do about that but the uh but like doing like uh make a wish stuff like when he was real popular just like constantly going to hospitals and seeing kids and stuff and just like Everybody was like, "Yep, super nice guy." Yeah, so. I, 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 uh, I didn't, I didn't get, I didn't get far in my deep dive. I mean, I think I got far enough. I'm, I don't know that I want to watch all eight movies, and I, I have, I suspect that they. Oh, and there was it was eight movies, not counting those first couple that I said that were direct to video. Then there was one more direct to video one that I watched, which was called "Hey Vern, Look, It's My Family Album." Was that like a TV show or is it a movie? I, I think it was a direct to video. Okay. I think it was a direct to video. It seemed like a direct, maybe it was a TV special. It certainly did not go to the movie theater. I'll tell you that. Uh, it was not good. But I could tell what it was. It was basically him, and then like he'd climb up the ladder. He'd be like, hey, Vern, look, this is my great uncle, blah, blah, blah. And it was just him trying out different characters because yeah. then it would go into a scene of like, you know, his mean old uncle from the 1910s. You know, so it was just him do, like workshopping characters, but it clearly wasn't ready to be put out it was like dude you're these are all just like these are characters we ended up seeing later in those other movies once they were better refined well and and that in fact was the thing that i thought what was most brilliant about some of them he didn't he didn't really do any of these characters in goes to camp goes to camp was just you know a sweet little movie about him trying to save the camp i i'm all i'm gonna full transparency i keep saying it's the best one I will say there's a little bit of cultural appropriation in it because <laughs> like it's a you know it's a camp run by a like Native American chief and like there's definitely this like you know Indian warrior undertone things and you like you find out at the end that like Ernest is you know is is uh worthy of being a warrior and you're kind of like like maybe this is why it was lost to time but i still stand by the fact that that's the best one um but then in in um uh scared stupid and in um saves christmas which i just watched this morning he plays a bunch of these different characters and in you know in scared stupid it's a little weirder because it's it's like it's almost like a montage of these characters in his head, you know, like they'll start doing an action thing and it'll just, you know, he'll be like the bombardier guy and it'll be like, well, we'll bomb them over here. And then it'll be like the old lady and it'll be like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, but in ghost in, in saves Christmas, it was so brilliant the way he used these characters. Cause like he'd become the snake wrangler yeah, guy the and snake... that was his way to sneak onto the yep. lot. Yeah, and, yeah. and uh, at one point he pretends to be the, um, I don't know, the assistant to the mayor or something. Oh, right. Like, he, yeah, ju yeah. he just keeps using these disguises to, uh, you know, to, to save Christmas. And I was like, this is amazing. Like this, like this is your skill. And this was the best way to integrate it into this movie. Um, and they, and they did the Vern thing in that movie too. He, he goes to visit Vern. Vern just slams the door on him. Yeah. Well, he's, he's like, 
putting the Christmas tree up in Bert Vern's house and it pulling falls over and he's pulling the lights out of the wall. Yeah, yeah. Like that scene that movie seemed to successfully tie in everything from his comedy and like make it a movie. Like I think you were only gonna capture that once or twice. Like you weren't gonna be able to pull that off for nine movies, you know. But they were gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> Well, while you guys were talking, I looked up several ranking lists of Ernest movies, and I'm sorry to say that Ernest Goes to Camp did not top any of the ones that I found. It is the best one. <laughs> okay, read your list. All right, so this one, there, 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 there do seem to be some constants here. Uh, so this one is from Medium.com. Mm-hmm. At the bottom is Ernest Goes to Africa. That seems to be what everyone considers the worst one. I, I believe didn't it. see that one, but I can only imagine <laughs> that it's it. really offensive. Yeah. Number 12, Ernest in the Army. Number 11, Dr. Otto. Number 10, Hey Vern, It's My Family Album. Number 9, Ernest Goes to School. Number 8, Slam Dunk Ernest. Number 7, Ernest Goes to Splash Mountain in Your World As I See It. Oh, that sounds like it was a direct marketing thing for Disney. It was indeed. Yeah. Uh, number six, Ernest Rides Again. Number five, Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Yeah, so that's all the really bad ones. Now you've got the four that are actually good. Yep. Number four, Ernest Saved Christmas. Hmm, okay. Number three, Ernest Goes to Jail. Mm-hmm. Number two, Ernest Goes to Camp. And number one, Ernest Scared Stupid. I, I mean, look, I'll buy that. Like, yeah. like I mean, they, those are the four good ones. Like, yeah, that uh, yeah. seems to be the you put, the, you put the those constant. four in any order on top, and you've got a valid yep. list. I, yeah, that seems to be the way it's going. That those it's just four those are the four. top four. Um, I, I I will accept "Scared Stupid" as the top one, considering it's a thing that we both always quote. <laughs> um, and uh, the except witch... Looper here that puts Ernest Scared Stupid like pretty low. This one they, they don't have numbers, so like. The top one here is Goes to Camp. Okay, so this one has Goes to Camp as the top one. But then Saves Christmas, then Slam Dunk, then Scared Stupid. That that guy's on crack. Yeah, clearly. Um, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, was, I was shocked at how much I loved uh, Saves Christmas, because it had been a while, and I was like, wow, this is really good. Um, Scared Stupid, I remembered how much I loved. But, like... Watching that, I was like, oh my gosh, this has real people in this movie. Like, the witch is played by Eartha Kitt. <laughs> right, yeah, that was probably towards the very height. Like, he, that was after the first two movies that were kind of a success. He knocked out two more, and at that point, I think they, were, they, they had enough gravity that they were like, we can pull in some actual people who yeah. will be in this movie now. Yeah. Because those first couple movies, it's the same actors over and over. Like, it's those two guys, yeah, but then some guys. of the other people, yep. too. I mean, they've always got to get fresh kids in because kids age out. But right. You see a lot of the same faces just wandering through the um, the one girl. I don't know her name. She was a a shorter black female and she had short hair. Uh, the couple things I watched, she kept showing up. Like she was in just mm-hmm. about it. Like Doctor Otto, she was one of the main characters. She was the the sidekick to the 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 dumb guy, the dumb good guy in Doctor Otto. Okay, his his sidekick. She kept showing up in everything. She played the the animal control person in saves christmas that come oh, in yeah it was like a it was a pair she was yeah one of them. where the reindeer are all no, on the, the ceiling uh, and they're like "Ooh, you don't want animal control you want air traffic, traffic control. control we gotta go <laughs> right that girl she she was in just like all of them i think oh speaking of sidekick characters i don't know why that reminded me of this but uh did you hear that mojo nixon died mojo nixon i didn't hear that he died why how do people hear 
What do you do on the internet? I don't know how to internet, but everybody else just hears things, and then they tell me. Hmm. But, like, w what are you doing? <laughs> well, apparently, Mojo, apparently Stephen King was a Mojo Nixon fan. No, go back and explain to me the internet. Start with the birds and the bees. <laughs> I can't explain the internet. I don't understand it. <laughs> You're finding out information. God dang it. Well, what I, what I, I, I know Mojo Nixon from Punk Rock Girl. That's pretty much all I know of Mojo Nixon. Except now I know the reason that I found out about it was that it was being posted in, in a lot of the Nintendo news that I follow. Because Mojo Nixon played Toad in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, in fact, I just went to the IMDb page because I was like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And the picture listed for him is this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I, this is this is a podcast. It's not a visual medium. It's, uh, yeah, it's this awful alligator monster creature from... Uh, from Super Mario Brothers movie. Those were the Goombas in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Which makes no sense, because the Goombas are supposed to be mushrooms, but that whole movie is flawed for yeah, numerous, for sure. numerous reasons. But yes, Mojo Nixon played Toad in uh, the live-action Super Mario Brothers movie. Well, here's to you, Mr. Mojo Nixon. Stork could use some fixing. All right! Well, I guess we should start talking about the Ewoks. Well, why start now? <laughs> Oh, I, I had like lots more. <laughs> I'm not got a couple. But I got a couple quick ones. All right, uh, it just wasn't quick ones. So I look up information on uh, the Ewoks. Two months ago, I told a story about the Christmas thing when my mom saw the movie. I gave the wrong name. It's not the gift. It's the wish. Or no, mm. I said the wish. It's not the wish. It's the gift. My little sister corrected me when she heard it. Uh, and I just finished Smallville. Um, I had watched up to season nine originally, like back in the day. Then I lost track of it, found out it was only 10 seasons, figured I should finish it out. So started back from the beginning because I didn't remember it, sat there and watched all 10 seasons to go, eh, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a waste of my time. And, and I had it on in the background like I was while I was doing work. It was still kind of a waste of my time. They really just, they did a lot of things right and just wouldn't give you what you wanted. There was like that one episode in like season six where they really did, maybe it was five, whatever. They like every now and then they would give you what you want for a split second. You're like, maybe they figured it out. Like, just just do this. Do like the comic book. And then they'd be like, all right. So we gave you that one episode where he teams up with Aquaman and Flash and it was cool for a minute. And now we're going to give you five episodes where turns out Lana Lang is a witch from the 1600s. Why not? <laughs> OK, like, what are you talking about? And then at the end, you really they kept teasing like they were going to get everybody together to fight Darkseed. And, and he was just like, I am the symbol of hope. And Darkseed dies. Like, there was no big fight. And, like, they just kept finding reasons why he wouldn't get help from his friends. And the Lana Lang one was terrible. She becomes, like, a Superman that's full of kryptonite. So they can't be in love and touch anymore. And she's like, so I'm going to leave now. But, like, she says it to him from, like, ten feet away. It's like, we can't work together. And, like, when the world's going to fall apart, they don't even think to call her to come, like, help. She's, like, got all of his powers. She is Superman. She just has to stay ten feet away from him. But they're like, nope, dead to us. <laughs> like, why? why? Why can't she help from ten feet away? I never got into Smallville. I just, it didn't do it for me. And I feel like going back to watch it now, like like you said, would just kind of be a waste of my time. Kind of like if I ever wanted, I remember really enjoying like Flash and Arrow and uh, I really enjoyed those shows, but I don't think I'm ever going to go back and watch them again. Yeah. It's a commitment. 
We would need another pandemic for me to rewatch them now. Yeah. I think Arrow started falling apart when that um, Suicide Squad movie came out in the theaters because I feel like I feel like that's what season four of Arrow was going to introduce. Like they had had a couple of Suicide Squad episodes, and I think. I think the spinoff show they were going to make was Suicide Squad. Like, I think they had that Captain Gold and Heatwave guy, and they're like, we're, we're like, hey, stick around for this Flash show, and then we're going to put you in the Suicide Squad show. And then DC was like, no, we're, we're making a movie. You can't do that. And then, then they were they like... then they stuck them in uh, yeah, Legends, Legends, Legends of Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Which, like, they were great, but admittedly, they didn't belong on that show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we talked about this on there. I watched those all in order, back to back to back, like, during, like, when Pandemic hit, and I was just trapped in the house. It was like... I never once watched Flash or Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow or Black Lightning or Supergirl or there was like two or three others, Constantine. And I was like, I'm just going to watch them all in order. Oh, man, you must have been glued to your couch. For like wow. a month because yeah. the courts were closed. I had nothing to do. I, I was literally watching 10 hours a day, especially because Jacqueline's job didn't shut down. So like she just needed me to leave her alone for eight hours while yeah. she worked. Yeah. It was like, all right, I'm clocking in eight hours of this DC <laughs> show every day for a month. I got through it all. Wow. Uh, all the way up to uh, Infinity Crisis, which it was a pretty good payoff. Infinity Crisis, I, I, I enjoyed what they did there, and, and that's it. I'll never watch any of them ever again. <laughs> I didn't even follow through with them. Like Arrow was over at that point, but like Flash had another season after that that I didn't watch. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I think I, I think I stopped around the same time. Yeah, me too. I definitely I didn't see them through to the end, and I'm okay with that. Did you get to Infinity Crisis? We didn't get to it, but we watched some of it, I think. Like, we at least watched all the cameos and whatnot. It was good. Yeah, it was neat. It was good. The Batgirl show was a little weird, but I only had to sit through one season of that before Infinity Crisis happened. So. Yeah, samesies. The Constantine show might have been the best one. I really enjoyed that, and that got canceled fast, and then they just brought him back in Legends. Well, that wasn't originally on... That wasn't part of the CW stuff at first. I think that was on, like... That was on network television for right. a while. That, that's why, probably why that one didn't stick around. And I think it was just everybody liked that guy. So they, they brought were... him back as Constantine, yeah. yeah. Right. And then there was that weird animated one that I had to watch. Because, like, it tied in. It was like Vixen or something? Is that what, I can't remember what it was now. Or but like there was the Ray. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Oh, I forgot that happened, but it did. Yeah, and there was that Stargirl show, too. Oh, man. I tried to watch that Stargirl show. That... The weirdest thing about that is, like, it was, like, time didn't make sense. Like, it didn't, you didn't know when it was happening. Like, it was, I think it was supposed to be, like, now, like, the 2000, you know, 2018 or whenever started airing. But, like, all the cars looked like they were from the 50s. Like, it was, it was, it was a confusing show. I didn't have to watch that one. That started the season after Infinity Crisis. I didn't watch it. Hmm. But the cartoon one I did watch, it was all right. It was just weird that they did it animated and then brought the character into the, the live action show. Hmm. All right. I got through most of what I wanted to get through. You want to talk about this Ewok movie? <laughs> well, it certainly was a movie that happened. Did uh, we, was this... <laughs> I, we didn't even... I didn't even ask. Was this... Oh, you're going to give a, a spiel? Uh, yeah, let me just... Uh, you, you know what? Can I say this about the Ewok movie? I think it was better than I expected it to be. Oh yeah, same here. I mean, it was better I, than the Christmas special by leaps and bounds. Well, that's and and I low think, bar, <laughs> and, and like I can't remember when the last time I watched this Ewok movie was, but when these things showed up on Disney Plus, I think I was like, oh, like I gotta 
we gotta I gotta do this, you know. And I think I maybe tried to watch the other one, the Caravan of Courage one. Mm. And I think that was worse than this, I think. Um, I, they might have learned a couple things because, like, I seem to remember that Caravan of Courage one started, and like the first couple minutes of it was just just Ewoks, like just three Ewoks, sort of doing like a like a Stooges thing, and then they try to fly a glider, and then they crash into some goats or something. Like I, I you know, it was one of those things where it's like you're all talking some Ewok language, and I don't know what's happening. So it was a poor man's two thousand and one. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, I'm not. I'm not saying this thing we watched was brilliant, but I think it was better than the other one. It was at least, like know. Chris said, it it was a movie. Yeah, I can't it was a movie. Can't fight them. It was coherent. Yeah, it was. It was I a guess, start, yeah. a middle, an end, a plot. It was coherent. I, I I sort of didn't expect it to be. It was a made for TV movie, which I guess that being in full screen instead of widescreen should have given that away. I was mm-hmm. going to ask if it was direct to video or made for TV. This is uh, originally aired in November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. Uh, directed by Ken and Jim Wheat. Well, I'll tell you another thing. I also didn't. I. I I didn't expect to hear that it was made in 1985. Um, and I, I, I would have put it at more like 87, 88. And I only say that because, and this and this is wild, it, it pains me to say this, but I feel like this was my window into Star Wars. Like, you know, like like Star Wars came out in 77. None of us were born, Right. Empire was probably like, yeah, like maybe maybe we were conceived at that point, uh, uh, and then I I think Jedi was eighty three. So like eighty three was uh, Jedi was my first movie. My parents brought me to the theater when I was two because my dad really wanted to see it, and they just they waited till late at night when I was asleep, brought me. They watched it. <laughs> right. So I was there. Yeah. You, yeah. You <laughs> Empire was nineteen eighty. By the yeah. way. Eight. You have you have no memory of it. No. You were a tiny baby. And asleep. <laughs> so I think this is the first thing I have a memory of. Like, I think this was on television, and my mom was like, oh, this Ewok movie is on. Do you want to stay up and watch it? So, like, I, I just assumed that I, I must have been, you know, six or seven. Are you four? I guess I was. I guess I was younger than a... Four is a long. Uh, is that that feels like I shouldn't remember something at uh, age four, but like I have memories from three and four. I remember. I remember watching this thing on television, like and like. I kind of am like, oh, I watched that, and I wanted more. Like, <laughs> I bet. See, if I, I bet if I had seen this movie that we just watched as I, as a kid, I probably would have gotten into Star Wars earlier than I did, because uh, I, I mean. Look, it's not good. In fact, most of the movie just seems like things are happening, but not in service of any sort of overarching plot. Like, it's all very stupid, but it the look is very, again, it's very discount Star Wars, but the look is still very Star Wars. And I, I feel like I would have probably, I would have probably gotten into this when I was a kid. <laughs> Uh, I wrote, I wrote some notes, but then I I left them upstairs, so I don't know why I was doing that. <laughs> but one one of the things I wrote down was like seems like they didn't put a lot of thought or planning into like i'm not going to say what planet it was because i i know it was endor or more specifically the forest moon of endor but like keeping that in mind 
what is that planet? Like, what what is it? You know, because, like, for example, them bad guys were riding around on them dinosaur things. But then, like, I saw a horse. I saw a bird. <laughs> like, 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 what's up with this place? In the first one, there were some goats. What are the rules of this planet? Like, what? No, there was a snake on Dagobah, so. There was a snake on Dagobah. I don't remember that, but I yeah, mean, Luke goes to go uh, meet up with with Yoda, and there's just a bunch of normal snakes and stuff. So, do you okay. posit oh, that? Oh, yeah, that's do, right. Do you posit that Earth animals can just be all over space? Oh, Earth humans are all over space. Why not? Yeah, but Earth humans have traveled all over space. Yeah, but this is a long time ago in a in galaxy, galaxy far, far, far away. away. Also. <laughs> I think that just because you're a human doesn't mean you're an earthling. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're not, not. Of course they're not earthlings, but they're humans, just like, you know, snakes are snakes. Like, where's Han Solo from? It's like... Des Moines, Iowa. Corillia? <laughs> I don't know. Didn't they mention it in that Solo movie? Corillia? Corillia? He's Corillian? So I think, in the end, we'll find out that people in the Star Wars universe eventually plant seeds on Earth. That okay. become humans and all our other animals. It's that whole, what do they call that? Not plantation. Terraforming. No, or yeah. is that just plants? That's just plants, I think, and, and environments. You know what I'm talking about, the theory of how we got here. See, I was starting to wonder, was Endor Earth? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe we evolved Stop from Ewoks. It. Maybe Maniacs. maybe humans evolved from <laughs> Ewoks, <blew> <laughs> and that's why this place had goats and horses and birds. Galaxy far, far away. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to cross over into Earth. I think that's kind of the point. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, but Noah did get on a ship at the end. Did he fill that up with animals first? It did look like an ark. Maybe it was on his way here. <laughs> oh, and his name was Noah. Oh no! Oh my gosh! Oh, no. It's all coming together. <laughs> it's all broken now. Wilford Wil Brimley is like is like our Lord and Savior. Yeah, he's, he's like I don't think Noah's our Lord and Savior. He's space Jesus. <laughs> no, nor was Noah Jesus. You guys got to go back to church. <laughs> there ain't no penguins on Noah's ark. <laughs> Says so in the Bible. Read your Bible. Penguins was mad made by the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Touch it a hand. So, uh, I, I would like to do some sort of plot breakdown of this movie, but this was a weird movie, because, like, Wilford Brimley had top billing, and he wasn't in a whole chunk of it. And it was funny, because, like, if you look, go to Disney+, Plus, the poster that they used was, like, if you go to IMDb, it's this German poster, and that's the one that they use, and the central character is a character that's in the movie for, what, 13, 14 seconds tops? Tops. And then this character dies, you never see him again. And Wolford Brimley, nowhere to be seen on this and poster. And he dies off screen. Yeah, he dies off screen. They kill lots of people in this movie. The Ewoks kill some of the bad guys. The bad guys might kill a couple of Ewoks. There's killing going on. Well, I gotta tell you this. I was, I was looking at the IMDB trivia while we were watching the movie. And it says here, top, top thing listed, it says... Because Wilford Brimley did not get along with the directors, Jim Wheat and Ken Wheat, his scenes were directed by production designer Joe Johnson. So, Is that the same Joe Johnson who directed The Rocketeer and Captain America? Stand by. I think I made some good movies. Wait, Captain America, the new Captain America? 
Yeah, Captain America, the first Avenger. Talk yeah. amongst yourself while it's I... It's the same director as The Rocketeer. Quest. Another of my favorite movies. That's probably why... Yeah, I can kind of Catholic. feel that now that you're pointing it out. Love that movie. Rocket, Rocketeer is great. Oh, I love The Rocketeer. Movie. And honestly, Captain America, first Avenger might be my... It's, it's one of my favorite uh, movie MCU movies. You I are correct, it. sir. It Holy cow. Look at that. That's amazing. Yep. So wow. is this his directorial debut? It must he was be. the production designer on this. He was not the director. But he, you just said he directed all of Wilfred Brimley's scenes. Wilfred oh, Brimley was the main actor. Yes. If he directed so. all of Wilfred Brimley's scenes, he directed most <laughs> he of the did, movie. Yeah, this is where he cut his teeth on directing, I suppose. So the, the, the poster that we all see uh, actually has Wilfred Brimley and the crazy bird lady and the girl and the Ewok. That, that's, yeah. See, from George Lucas, that's a stretch. Uh, creator of Star Wars from George Lucas is like that's doing th the from is doing a lot of heavy lifting there um, but yes it's coming to home video June 26th so it looks like this was aired on TV in November and then went to video uh, several months later L listen I know that if you give me the opportunity I'm just going to talk about Will Wilford Brimley for like 10 hours straight right like we know this about me I think he's I th I think it's funny to talk about Wilford Brimley, and that's what I will talk about. But I I'm just going to say this. It was wild that he was, like, the hero of the movie. <laughs> like, at one point, that girl gets kidnapped by those, like, alien monster things, and the team to save her, the heroes of the movie, is Wilford Brimley and two bears. <laughs> Small bears. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Wilford Brimley, an Ewok, and a fast woodland monkey creature. Um, and like, and you know, Wilford Brimley is like a crotchety old space hermit. Like that. That's that's the heroic team. But they gave him. They gave hermit. him the action montage. He was like, <laughs> the child's been taken. We're doing this. He takes out a gun and he gets a rope. Puts like on his battle smocks. Yeah, his battle smock. <laughs> yeah, like, that was my favorite. When he he literally took off an orange smock and then clipped up a white smock <laughs> with like <laughs> with regular plastic clips. Just yeah. <laughs> off we go. <laughs> I got to change into this to be more battle ready. <laughs> you hey. give anybody a battle montage, they are instantly able to take on 10, 20 guys single handedly. And then he did. He had an action sequence, like we had a sword fight with his dopey stick against the creepy tall guy with a sword. Yeah. Also, I gotta say, Wilford Brimley was acting his heart out. Like he was just acting his little heart out. Like, <laughs> like you do understand that a lot of his dialogue was really a monologue because he was talking to bears and monkeys <laughs> that could not respond. And he had to carry those scenes. He had to be like, oh, are they gone? I'm glad they're gone. I didn't like them anyway. Oh, you're here. Don't worry. Oh. We'll catch up with her. <laughs> like, Who are you talking to? He, like, just, just acting his little heart out. And, and, and then and then the little people they had in those costumes couldn't actually get over the logs. He had to keep turning around, picking them up, carrying them over. <laughs> I'll help you with that. Don't worry about it. That was, that was our hero. That was our hero. Like. Wasn't a you know wasn't the guy from the poster wasn't the like 
tall, thin guy with the laser. It was Space Hermit Wilford Brimley. It wasn't even Principal from Breakfast Club. They killed him <laughs> off right in the beginning, too. He was in the other movie. And they, they killed all of them. Yeah. I feel like they didn't really need to. And then she kept that bracelet on for a while. Yeah. I really thought that was going to come back into play. Like, oh, the brother wasn't dead. Like, I mean, I guess um, His bracelet they have a, I wonder if those bracelets are in the first movie because they seemed like they had some sort of significance. Like, why are you wearing this bracelet that t- just tells you whether or not your family's dead? You're really hoping against hope that there was like a forethought here. Yeah. Sorry for anybody listening at home. Uh, the, the, the family that crashes in this Ewok movie was all wearing... Uh, let's call them um, life alert bracelets. Life alert bracelets, <laughs> biometric bio, biometric uh, monitor bracelets. Like it was, it would be as if you wore a bracelet with little lights that represented your family, and then if a light went out, you'd know that that family member is dead. And that is the only <laughs> knowledge that you can glean from this bracelet, right. whether or not the people are wearing the other ones are dead. She had three <laughs> family members and three lights. And when they went out, she knew they were dead. And I, I, I can only imagine that that is just a made-for-TV family show way of not showing a death, but letting you know the character's dead. Again, we killed people on screen in this movie. There was the guys that ended up in the water and got bubble-eaten. There was, like, guys that got shot. The Ewoks shot, like, 20 of those guards. Oh, and, and, like, st- and stabbed with spears right in the chest. And, oh! Right, yeah, like, people died. There was death on screen. The, sure, there was. But, again, I think I think this is a way of dealing with a, like, a... <sighs> there were like, grunt bad guys and not yeah. sympathetic human family guys. Well, well put. It, 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 it was... You know, we we could we could see an on-screen death of a random villain to have a little girl's family die. I think the way to show upset and grief was you see the light go out on the bracelet and the sad face on the little girl. All right, know. she took the death of her family pretty well, though. Yeah, well, she's got a talking bear. So yeah, <laughs> she's got Warwick Davis. She's good. Need. Is that the only Ewok in Star Wars canon that ever learned English? As far as I know. Uh, I I heard some of the other Ewoks in this movie speaking English. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, like certainly Wicket is the most well-spoken of them. <laughs> but when they were springing him from that dungeon, I heard them being like, Jump, jump, yum, 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 over here. It was definitely like Ewok speak mixed with English. Right. It was... Bro- broken Ewok, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, e- English is a second language. Well, good for them, you know. Educate yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ewoks. They speak classes. English better than I speak Ewoks, so <laughs> I'm not. I'm not judging. Hey, have you guys ever seen that Saturday Night Live where um, uh, it's it's like Charles Barkley is the guest, and they're like showing a clip of. Of a of a new Star Wars movie, you know, like I think it was, I think it came, I think it was around the time that um, Rogue One came out. So they like make a fake Star Wars movie called like the Mos Eisley Five, you know, and it's like these five people have to, you know, get the plans from blah blah blah. But it's, it's funny because like the character that Charles Barkley plays, like they're they're all talking, you know, in this bar, and then like the there's like a Chewbacca creature, and he's like how do you understand what this dog guy's saying? <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, this is confusing. You speak English. And then he responds in this dog language, you know, and then like 
the robot beeps and then they all laugh and he's like wait he's talking i thought those were just beeps (laughs) (laughs) it's really funny so you know what else the ewok thing we're, we're making fun that the ewoks learned english but this is probably a reaction we gotta put this thing in context this is a reaction to the feedback they got on the star wars christmas special where they just had a family of Wookies talking Wookie ease with no subtitles for a half an hour yeah, for like forty minutes of the movie, <laughs> and, like, and people at home made fun of them relentlessly for the next half a decade. Yeah. And they were like, "You know what? We're not doing that again. We're going to teach these Ewoks a little bit English because we, we learned our lesson. Right, we learned right. our lesson. Yeah, just growth. They're learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really uh, they 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 put a lot of stock into uh, how popular the Ewoks were after Return of the Jedi." This is just such a fascinating thing to exist as a as a Star Wars fan, and that I had never seen any of this stuff when I was a kid. Like, and I never went back to go watch it when I was an adult, because uh, all I'd ever heard about them was just that they were bad, um, but not fascinatingly bad like the star the the Christmas special, their holiday special was. So I never really bothered to go back and and watch any of this stuff. So this was really a, a quite an interesting experience of like, well, here's. Here's early expanded universe Star Wars stuff. Uh, and it's interesting seeing this as in this always kind of seemed like to be like this is something that they always wanted to do with Star Wars to have it be this expanded, uh, you know, universe that you know works with everything. And then we didn't get anything forever. Like Star Wars just stopped until the prequels came out. And then we started getting the the cartoon series. It was the best we could, the best we got. And then now we're finally in an age where we're getting live action TV shows of Star Wars, which seemed like expanding the universe like this was always kind of in their in in their their plans in their purview at least. So so did Wilfred Brimley legit kill the franchise for twenty years? <laughs> like Maybe. this was the last thing for fifteen years, right? I mean. Nothing else happened, as far as I know, right? I think the droids cartoon was before this. I think the I could be wrong. I think the droids cartoon was real early 80s, like 83, 84. This is 86. I don't think anything else happened after this until... Like, 99. Phantom Menace. Yeah. There might have been a video game on PlayStation or something. Well, there was always video games. Like, there was lots of <clears throat> Star but, Wars content but I, happening. But I mean with new story. Like, I know there was a couple, like... Uh, there was Shadows video- of the Empire was the first like big one, and that was in the nineties. That had new story because I like I can think of a couple Star Wars games I played that were just me playing through, like Empire mm-hmm. or like there was that there was that great one in the arcade that I played all the time. But really, it was just you walking through right. different scenes from sure. Empire and Return of the Jedi or whatever. Great game. Mm-hmm. That's not expanding the universe. That's just letting me play what's already there. Right. Let's see. I'm trying to find. A list of everything Star Wars in release order. I'm betting post-86, there's going to be a big drought. I remember there was a good Bubba Fett game on PlayStation, but I don't know what year that was. Does this mean when we end this episode, we have to rank our Star Wars movies, but also include Caravan of Courage and Ewoks Battle of oh my God. <laughs> Obviously, number one and number two. I mean, I'll hear arguments as to which is number one, but... Because, you know, they were movies. They <laughs> like, sure were. Like, can you really say that isn't a movie and, you know, uh, Solo is, right? I mean, like, what's your, what's your, uh, what's your measure? No, what's your they're, marker? They're movies. Here? They're just terrible movies. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, what was I was I was gonna say something and now I forget what it was. Oh, we said that Noah comes to Earth and seeds us, <laughs> but now I just remembered they already tied Earth in through ET, right? Right. <laughs> oh, I know what I was gonna say. Like I, I was genuinely serious when I was saying I wonder what the like what the creative conversations were around this movie because like I do kind of think that a lot of it was decided out of popularity of the Ewoks making a thing for kids and time and budget because like when you think about it like all those Ewok costumes existed from Jedi you know like I saw a lot of the same Ewoks sure sure you know and no, the, yeah, but I mean, Wicket looked noticeably worse I mean I'm sure they all smelled a little funky but like, <laughs> that that the, the face was really just not working on Wicket for some reason it was a little hollow in the eyes here's a weird thing I looked this oh, up oh I, I wrote that down I was like this <laughs> this is for children this this creature this teddy bear with these like dead horror movie <laughs> eyes <laughs> so I, I looked this up because I assumed this was just more I Kenner made I don't know 14.12 kajillion dollars on the toys right mm -hmm. so they like freaking just rewrote what money could be made of right they're like oh plastic brilliant and you know it's you know it's something that I, I like just a bit of trivia that i loved hearing was that like you know there's all these characters from these star wars movies where you know their names right like you look at the the cantina scene and you're like oh that's um See now I'm blanking on their names. Like Doctor Doctor So and So, the guy that gets his arm ripped off and uh um you know uh, uh Hammerhead and you know stuff like that, right? Like there's all these there's all these background characters that like people universally know their names. And it's because they made toys of them. Right. Like like it, it was literally like these toys were going good and it was like gotta make more Star Wars toys, you know. Turn everybody in this scene into a toy. And then it's like, well, now they all going to have names. Because we got to put it on the box. Yeah. Right. So Kenner made a kajillion dollars. So I assumed they pumped these movies out just so they could pump out more action figures. But they didn't release action figures for these two series. Mm -hmm. There are these two movies, which I, I looked that up and I was like, this is ridiculous. Because I would pay so much I, money for a Wilford Brimley action figure. I tried <laughs> to buy one on eBay while we were watching the movie. I was oh, like, Noah from Return of the Ewoks, Paul needs a Wilford Brimley. I found one that was like a custom made one for like $45. But that's just something somebody oh, made recently. They were I like, I need a it, Noah action figure. I would put it on my shelf, him with his bone staff and his battle smock. But yeah, I, I really just thought this was Kenner laid out a bunch of money. They were like, yeah, pump out another movie. We'll take another couple billion in toy sales. Here you go. Oh, and the one thing we haven't said about this while Chris is trying to find his information. I found the information. It was There was one more thing after this, which was the Ewoks cartoon. So oh, this led Ewoks into... Cartoon. So there was the Caravan of Courage. Where the hell did that go? It was Caravan of Courage, then this one. And then that, yeah, uh, Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure in 84. Then in 85, you had Ewok's Battle for Endor. And then, uh, and also in 85, so let's see, this was November 85. In September of 85, that's when the Droids cartoon aired. That went from September to November 1985. 
And then there was a special. September to November of 1985. That's right. Eight Saturday mornings. It got eight Saturday mornings. And they did release an action figure series from that because I got those. And there was a special in June of 1986 for the droids as well. And then Ewoks went for two seasons, two 13 episode seasons. Uh, September 7th, 1985 to November. So, same thing. September to November 1985. Then September, September to December 1986. And then you get nothing to like the nineties. That was that was it until um, looks like the Phantom Menace was probably the first thing back. Um, yeah, Phantom Menace was nineteen ninety nine, and there I was that. there was nothing new in between them that was considered officially canon except Shadows of the Empire. Oh, I want to get what computer game. That was a lot of things. Shadows of the Empire was a really wacky thing. It was supposed to be this multimedia situation. It was books, uh, comics, a video game, and toys. And they were all supposedly, at the time, intended to be tied in as official canon, but that eventually went away. I, I want to get to something about Phantom Menace in 99. Don't let me not circle back to that. Just before we leave the concept of toys. Uh-huh. What what toys did you have, and what was your favorite one? Like what what Star Wars toys did you have? Like what was the weirdest out there one where you're like, I got this one. I mean the weirdest the weirdest toys I had has got to be I had like three or four of the droids action figures from the droids cartoon, and they were the same scale, so they worked with your Star Wars stuff, mm. but they were at the same time done in the art style of that cartoon, which was kind of a very childish art style. So I had like this one action figure at least like. Big pink mohawk. Musical, yeah. Yeah. And then there was like a little fat green alien with a pot belly and like the beginning of dreads. I don't know what he had going on. It was weird. But that's probably the weirdest Star Wars toy that I had. The, the piece of trivia that I know that I feel like is the most wild. And it's that it's the fact that I know what this character's name is. And you you know that you know the character's name because they made a toy. That's why you know the character's name. But in Empire Strikes Back, there's a guy that just runs around the corner with an ice cream maker in his hand. You know what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> okay. It's like it's like when they're when they're in Cloud City, right? And like uh Lando throws the alarm and he's like, everybody's gotta evacuate. There's just people running through the halls of Cloud City, right? It's when it's when there's all that chaos, chaos and they're seems, running yeah. through the halls of Cloud City and Boba Fett is chasing them. And there's <laughs> there's people just running around the corner. And <laughs> there's this guy where they're like, we just need you to be carrying some space thing. Somebody handed him an ice cream maker and they're like, you're going to run around the corner. So that character's name is Will Rowe Hood. <laughs> And you you know that because they made a toy of Will Rowe Hood, this dude running around with an ice cream. Uh, Did the uh, action maker. figure come with an ice cream maker? The action figure came with an ice cream maker. It has inspired lore. Like there is, um, I think there's an event somewhere in the country every year called the Running of the Hoods, where people dress like Will Rowe Hood and they have a race with an ice cream maker in their arm. Um, I can't the, believe we haven't done that yet. The, the, the His thing, page on Wikipedia, Wikipedia is enormous. <laughs> yeah, well, they made up a whole story about it where it's like, oh, the ice cream maker is a data 
data drive from the Cloud City blah blah blah. Camtono he, is you know, what it's called. A Camtono. He, well, the the other thing that is crazy is that like here's this thing that is you know just this like goofy Star Wars lore and. Just like in anything in The Mandalorian, they capitalize on it. You know, like, they do all mm -hmm. that stuff in The Mandalorian where they bring back Life Day and they mention, you know, all these different, like, silly things from the holiday special. And we even talked about how those the... Um, creatures that yeah, they're the, riding. Yeah. yeah, those big lizards that were in this Ewok movie are in Mandalorian. The little, um... What is heck? What are those guys called? Ugnot? The little Ugnot guy yeah. rides him. The Nick Nolte Ugnot guy. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, there's that one episode. It's where those those Imperial guys are trying to buy Grogu, and they slap down that ice cream maker, and it, you open it up, and it's got that like money in it. Those the it's not gold, but it's like Mandalore. It's um, they're that not metal Imperial. Oh, um, Beskar. Uh, Beskar. Yeah. yeah, but it's like. It's literally like that ice cream maker thing is a container for valuable <laughs> things. I don't know. Amazing. So, yeah, I just thought I thought you guys would like to hear about Will Rowhood. Yeah, this is wild, man. But that wasn't that wasn't what I was going to say about um, Phantom Menace, uh, Sean. When we were talking about what we were going to say to you know, you said, "Do we have the same story?" Were the th were all three of us part of this? Because I can't remember who was there when we like went to the mall. The dress up thing at the mall. Yeah. 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 Okay. So what? That was the three of us and who? Somebody else was there. You and me, one baby. I know. It was you and me. We're the hotness. And and I feel like Chris just threw on a Jedi robe and had a lightsaber. Right. I don't even remember what I wore. I remember what you two wore. But I don't remember what so I So to put it in a little context for viewers... I remember taking a curb in my in, uh, mom's neon to get there on time. <laughs> in 1999, when Phantom Menace came out, it was Star Wars craze, and they had a contest at the mall for Halloween, or for Star Wars costumes, and they advertised the winner, or the contest would be judged by a, a special effects guy from the Phantom Menace movie. Like one of the special effects artists designers i don't know whatever somebody and that the prize was a, a a leather bomber jacket given to the casting crew of star wars so we all put on our best star wars regalia and ran out there and, and entered well let's clarify about best star wars regalia because <laughs> as i recall i think chris was set like i think there was little work that had to be done i feel like somebody had a jedi robe probably from when you all dressed up to see phantom menace which i didn't get to go with you but um, I feel like Sean, you know, Chris had the Jedi robe. Did we dress up to see Phantom Menace? I know we skipped school to see Phantom Menace. We dressed up. I got I got a good couple pictures of it. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like Chris had the Jedi robe, and you had a lightsaber. You know, I feel like you were sort of Obi Wan style or just like General Jedi style. Yeah, that that tracks. And then, you know, and then I think at that point we had seen Phantom Menace, and it was like we are going to dress Sean like Darth Maul. And I remember we spent a lot of time painting you. And when I say painting, I don't think we knew what we were doing. Like, I feel like we were using house paint or like... We sure as hell were. We were using we house paint. should not have been using. And like gluing horns to your head with like something we should not have been gluing so horns to your head. I think that's why I won. He knows exactly... He knew exactly what we were doing because other people weren't willing to use it. At a certain point, he said, this is dangerous, but I need somebody to do this. And other people in the room were like... 
I'm not going to do this to you. And I stepped the fuck up. <laughs> well, I did too. Oh, I remember I remember I was helping to paint your head and glue horns to your head because we spent so much meticulous time making you look like Darth Maul that then I was like, what am I going to be? And like, I remember there was just some friggin' like gross furry pelt lying around and I picked it up and I wrapped myself in it and I was like, I'm an Ewok. And so we went, just a bunch we, of sheepskins yeah, or something. Like, we went to the mall with Sean meticulously painted like Darth Maul with like extreme detail and paint that he should not have been using and chris you know chris was jedi'd out and then like i was just wrapped in a gross fur thing and like we all went up there on too (laughs) maybe i don't know yes like hide my eyes but uh we went up there and like sean got first and there was somebody who was uh, princess amidala like she didn't come with us but somebody had also done the the hard work of painting their face and doing the makeup and jewelry and that she won second. And then I don't know if they just thought I was entertaining or what it was, but as, as, as an Ewok, I got third place. And, uh, I think I went home with a Darth Maul cutout. Or, no, I, it was a Jar Jar Binks stand-up. It was a Jar Jar Binks cutout. I had Jar Jar Binks in the corner of my room for a couple years. I, I know why I won, because the guy came around, he was asking he was asking people about their costumes, and he got to me, he, was, he, goes, he goes, how did you get the horns to stick to your head? And it was like, carpenter's glue. He was <laughs> The look on his face was just like, that's not okay. <laughs> And it didn't come off. I mean, there was. I mean, I ripped them off, and there was just. They took all my skin. And there was just bloody spots on my head. You shave your head. You put carpenter's glue with a bunch of horns on it. You're losing your scalp. That's how that works. Yeah. Eventually, I got the award at the doilies for uh, most willing to endanger a friend. Oh yeah. yeah. Much. No one else will use carpenter's glue on your head. You call Chris Rendazzo. <laughs> he apparently doesn't give a damn, or he gives too many dams. I Depends on how you dams. look at it. <laughs> It's the uh, the dedication to Star Wars. Oh, one last thing about the movie that we were supposed to be talking about that we barely talked about. Oh, I think we've said plenty. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've said enough. <laughs> one more thing I'll point out. Uh, it's weird. I, I said it and mentioned it during. Uh, it's weird that the bad guys have a bunch of laser guns but live in a castle and like their carts are made out of bones and they can't... Figure I out didn't what a understand. For, I didn't understand. But they the have fifty laser guns. Maybe, maybe like they were part of some kind of intergalactic arms deal. You know, like uh, what did they trade for the laser guns? I don't know. And why didn't the people with the laser guns just uh, kill them and take whatever they wanted? Bone cudgels. I'm not sure. <laughs> the, the, that entire villainy. The, that entire villain group was ridiculous. Their their costume designs were. Just terrible. Their face looked like catcher's mitts. Yeah, they were not good, but they didn't make much sense. Like, where did this wizard woman come from that could transform? She wore a ring that let her transform into a bird, but could also turn you into stone or a tree if somebody throws a raspberry at it. I laughed so hard when that one, you know, that he was like the main evil, ugly dude. And he came in with like a scaly zombie face. And then he pulls the zombie face off. He's got another <laughs> he had this scaly ridiculous, face scary helmet, it. and he pulls it off, and it's just like, what did you have the helmet on? <laughs> I mean, that must have been intended to be funny, right? Like somebody must have thought that was hilarious that he like had this scaly, gross zombie face, and he takes it off, and there's another identical <laughs> face underneath of it. Absolutely amazing. That was that was nuts. Oh. But yeah, their weaponry was ridiculous. They weren't. 
they weren't intelligent, and they didn't seem to even know what they were after. And if Wilford Brimley's been sitting on this planet for 30 years or something, and they haven't been able to just find this enormous ship in the woods for all this time that was literally minutes away yeah the ewoks ran there it wasn't days later like when they escape from the castle they run the bad guys aren't far behind them on horses and all of a sudden they're there so it what two three miles from the castle is a giant ship they They just 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 couldn't find it it, but they didn't know what they were after they're like they wanted power well, the movie had a lot of problems, and uh, n- not the least of which were pacing and logic. Um, and you know, like I think, I think parts of it there was a glimmer of something. Like I kept joking the whole time when you know your daughter was watching it and commenting on Wilford Brimley and his shaggy beard and his big hair and everything like that. And I was like, "See, kids love Wilford Brimley," but like. I do think maybe they had the glimmer of something with, like, a weird old hermit, like, weird old space hermit who seemed like he didn't care about kids, but, like, secretly cared about kids, right? Like, I, I, I could see where they were going with this with, like, a family movie. I can right? see where their outline got greenlit. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> um, And something about the idea of the, the bad guys, too, s- seemed interesting, right? Because, like... um. They kept, tr- they were trying to get this, they were, they had some kind of power cell thing from the ship and they kept, it seemed like they didn't know what it was for, just that it was powerful. Like they kept saying things like unlock the power. And I got the idea that they must be some sort of primitive race. You're right. Most, most of it, they were living in a castle. They made things out of bones. Like they were some primitive group just like the Ewoks but that somehow knew that this was the key to technology and weapons and space travel and like they didn't really know what that meant just that they wanted the power so I thought the idea of that was interesting but then Sean's absolutely right they're shooting laser guns that doesn't make sense Yeah, and none of them ever thought to just ask like what is the power or just like how did they find out about it in the first place the power and second off, like, why did they just immediately go to, we're going to take it by force, instead of being like, well, we've been at this for a number of years. Maybe we should just talk to this guy and find out what it is I, again, and ask if we can have some. <laughs> again, I got the impression that they were primitive and evil and dumb. That, like, <laughs> that like Wilfred Brindley's buddy, you know, his buddy, who when they were young... That cut up the galaxy together. Yep, I'd love, I'd love to see that movie. I want to see that show. <laughs> like instead of Han and uh, Lando, I want to see young Wilford Brimley and the other guy like <laughs> rolling around the galaxy playing sabak and you know at space bars. And I think we need to make this movie. Run, <laughs> run exactly. spice. Get sued a lot. <laughs> or, or maybe, maybe that should be like a Star Wars short of like Wilford Brimley and the other guy and like Han and Lando around the. Around the card table, you know, late at night. But, um, yeah, uh, I got the idea that Wilford Brimley's buddy um, got captured by those guys. And that it was just like, what's this? That's a power cell. What's it do? It, You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it was just they were torturing a captive. And then they were like, we need the power. Like, it was it was out of a place of of like greed and being uninformed 
Yeah, so that all checks out with two big more logic problems. Number one, uh, his buddy didn't have a power cell. So it would have just been his word, him saying power cell. Oh, I assumed that since they didn't have the crystals or whatever, that he left with that container. Oh, with the broken one? the container one? was useless. Okay. It had so he no might have had a broken power. one. Yeah. Right. And then the other problem is none of them spoke English. Oh, no, no they did. Yeah, they did. But not all the time, because most of the time we couldn't understand what they were saying. He only, the ba- main bad guy only spoke English to the little girl. Oh, that's true, too. I suppose I just... I guess Wilford Brimley's friend taught them all English. Or that witch taught them English. Who taught the witch English? The witch Who taught was... anyone in space English? The witch was very much unexplained. She didn't make any sense. Yeah. And why did she go back to that guy when she had all the power in the ring and he was just going to keep taking it from her? True. Oh, yeah, just sure. stop going back there. Yeah, what, he locked what ex- her in a dungeon. She why exactly was this guy the guy in charge? Why didn't anyone overthrow him at any point? He didn't seem more powerful than anybody else, especially not the witch. Especially not the witch. Yeah. What was, what was the deal? She must I have been know. especially stupid to not be able to take power, like take control of the situation. She had a magic ring. <laughs> it let her turn into other people and a horse and and what else did you, and a bird like yeah but just take over and the fact that the ring turned the evil guy into stone meant that she probably could have done that at any point yeah what was she doing i don't know how did she get there where did she get that ring maybe she needed maybe she wanted the power too and I'm does star sure. wars recognize magic or are we just saying this was the force was well, she a Sith? Star Wars recognizes magic as versions of the Force that are, I guess, channeled differently. Like they're uh, the witches of Dathomir, who use the they use the Force for their magic, but you know the Force is eventually effectively the source of that magic. Um, what okay. I'm f- interested in with question this asked, question answered. Willow was 1988, and there was a lot of similarities, I thought, between this movie and Willow. Like, just kind of a general tone, a general vibe of, like, The Witch, and I just kind of got a lot of Willow vibes out of it. Well, doesn't uh, The Witch turn into a bird in Willow? I think she does. I think so, too, yeah. Right. The Good Witch definitely turns into a bird at one point. She turns into a goat and a bird and a walrus. A couple other things. So what was the witch's name? She was... Bad Morta. No, not in not in uh, Willow. In this thing? Yeah. Oh, God. Bird lady. Who would have said her name? She never introduced herself. Cheryl? C-H-A-R-A-L. Her name was Cheryl. Her name was Debbie. Debbie the witch. Cheryl the witch. Oh, yeah. C-H-A-R-A-L. Yeah. Cheryl. All right. I need to look up... The lore around this character. Oh wait, was to ter- what was the main um bad guy? You know the big awful bad guy's name. Was it Tarak? Sure. Holy right. cow! She's supposed to be a witch of Dathomir. According to Wikipedia, Cheryl was a force wielding night sister who turned her back on the sisterhood and left her homeworld of Dathomir. What the hell? S- sorry, just I just got to say this: the the big. Um, the big, ugly, main bad guy was the giant in Twin Peaks. The giant in Twin Peaks and Lurch in the Addams Family movies. Hmm. 
All right. Has this character ever been reutilized? Like, well, she's trapped as a bird as of the end of this. There's a bunch of backstory. This is crazy. Yeah, they, uh, they've definitely built some lore around this character, too. But yeah, she was a freaking night sister. Who knew? That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just absolutely just, just the, wow. The, the movie would have been a little more watchable, I think, <clears throat> if the, um, the stuff in the hut in the forest where it was just Wilford Bimley and the children, if that had been intercut with some other stuff, like, I, I think maybe just, some editing changes would have helped the movie, you know? I mean, and I'm not saying it would have done wonders, but right. I think it would have helped make it more watchable. Hmm. I think a lot of the movies, I, well, well, one of my comments, I and I notice it a lot when I'm watching older movies, is just the, the, it was a lot of establishing shots, like three or four in a row of like, just the woods. Mm-hmm. Here's a different shot of the woods. Here's mm-hmm. some more of the woods. I know where we are now. I got it in the first one, which I don't even think you need these things. But I feel like they were just filling time in these TV movies. They were like, let's fill up 30 seconds with just showing the woods. Well, and I don't, I don't want to say that this is the reason why, but there probably was a little bit of a change in that mentality when people started filming on digital because film is expensive. And if you took the time to film it you know what i mean it was like we paid for this we paid for this shot you know whereas digital you can you, you it doesn't matter how long the camera's running you know right, like, right. um so I, I i just feel like sometimes when you see that in older movies it's because it's like well we we paid for it right I assume they're just trying to fill time, you know, and it's probably the switch to digital, but you don't really see it now. So now when I watch these older movies, I, they, it kind of smacks me in the face a little bit, especially when they do two or three in a row that don't do anything new. Like if it's one shot and you're showing a house, it's like, all right, I get it. Telling me where I am. Mm-hmm. Fine. But like, literally they, they gave us like, they were playing the music and then they gave us like an outside woods night shot. And they were like, it's nighttime in the woods. And then they gave us a morning wood shot. And then they gave us a different morning wood shot. And then a shot of the stream. And then a shot of the house with them walking out. It was like, why do we have all these shots? What is yeah. happening? I know where we are. We didn't change location. Well, uh, the Tarek was a member of... Uh, a, it was like a group of pirates that crash landed on Endor. And that w- they built it. They were stranded there. And so they built the castle. So oh, I believe if they, they were pirates that crashed there, then they know what a battery is used for. Yep. Like, <laughs> did they fly on a ship powered by magic and happy thoughts? Oh, hang know. on. I feel like we haven't addressed. I feel like we haven't addressed the biggest glaring issue with this movie, which is at the time we meet the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi, the our first exposure to Ewoks is that they are primitive forest bears that try to eat our heroes. And that we have the comedic moment of 3PO, you know, them them meeting a robot for the first time and 3PO being a golden god and, you know, using using their dialect to tell him that they, you know, that they are uh that that they are to be revered and respected, right? So, great. That 
that sets us on the same page as these little critters and we understand why we join forces with them but like make no mistake the ewoks are hungry <laughs> carnivorous creatures and when at the end of jedi when that one guy that one ewok is playing the drums on all the stormtrooper helmets they ate those stormtroopers <laughs> like i don't know if they just ate the corpses or if they you know captured some guys and cooked them up and fried them but like they ate them right so like why weren't these ewoks eating the little girl i have it i have or wilford brimley i have it right well well but here's what i'll say if Return of the Jedi happened first, and then these movies happened, which I thought they did. I think it makes sense. It's been established. Ewoks have met humans. They have a mutual respect. But if these came first, why do the Ewoks talk and not talk in Return but of the Jedi? But they had to, because we see Endor at the end of this. When the ship's flying away, you see Endor. And that gets blown up. No, that doesn't get blown up. No, the Death Star gets blown up. Death Star. I mean, the Death Star would have rain shrapnel down upon this whole <laughs> I was going to say if these happen first if they these, do these these canonical according back, to the internet they do well back when there was official canon for these things these were listed in uh, uh, the previous starwars.com uh, expanded universe section as taking place shortly before uh, return of the jedi so watch it's it's real easy wilford brimley and the girl leave ewoks are not cannibals right they leave Everybody's looking around. There's a lot of dead bodies on the ground from all those guys they just killed. Mm. Right? Those weird... I don't know what species those things are, but they eat them. Right? They just got chased... The, what? The bad guys. What are the, they killed a bunch of them. No, I know what you're saying. You're, you're, you're relating the Ewoks to, like, the Brazilian soccer team? Well, those bad guys just, like, took them out of their homes and bur burned down their village. So they got no more farmland or whatever. They, I don't know if they were farmers or hunter-gatherers, but whatever that is, it's gone. So they're hungry... There's dead bodies, they eat them, they're delicious. So they ate them out of necessity and not out of spite. But it was awesome. So then, <laughs> so then they eat that little white fast guy. <laughs> right, because like, he's not in Return of the Jedi. Because he's not in Return of the Jedi. And they, they eat all of those. If there's more of those guys on the planet, they eat them all. And they are delicious. And they're like, you know who we should have eaten? Wilford, Wilford Brimley. Brimley. I'll bet you that guy was the best tasting one of all he, of them. He would have been like, I don't taste delicious. <laughs> you don't want me, I'll give you diabetes. So some when, oatmeal. So when those other humans showed up, those Ewoks were ready. They were like, yo, <laughs> we gotta get them. We gotta eat them. Yeah, that's that's my big complaint. That I just logic, solved it. I just, I just solved there. it. That's the answer. Okay. I'm on board with it. Yeah, that works for me. I'm in. Sold. All well, right. I think we've talked about this for long enough. This might be the longest podcast ever devoted to the Ewok movie. Yeah, I think we've I actually think we've covered most of the movie. Yeah. I feel I feel confident that we've done we've done the Lord's work here today. Agreed. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about that dragon. <laughs> yeah, there was a dragon. There was a dragon. It was pretty. We neat. talked about this movie for an hour. Didn't even bring up a dragon. Yeah, yeah, he built a he built a really sturdy hang glider in a cave. Mm -hmm. Just like a just like a. And then he dropped a rock on the dragon so that the dragon would drop the little girl. His level of a forethought and planning paralleled that of the writers of this movie. Yeah. And then the dragon couldn't vertically land or take off, despite the obvious ability to do so with giant wings. So he was like, ah, 
Can't land. Gotta go. But yeah, beyond that, I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I guess it is time for us to pick our next movie. Oh, what do you think? Thumbs up? Thumbs down? Should people watch this? No. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine telling someone with a straight face, you, you should go should, watch this movie. You should spend your time on this. I mean, if you've got Star Wars tattoos all over your body and a room in your house devoted to it, sure. Then why haven't you seen this yet? But short of that... No, <laughs> I was I, on I the IMDb page. Was it the IMDb page? One of the, I was somewhere looking up Ewok stuff, and I, found, I stumbled upon an entire article of how this is an underrated classic. It's, it's the best Star Wars movie you've never seen. And I don't know where some people come from. Yeah. I mean, I guess if well, you've it could have seen been worse. every Star Wars yeah. movie, except for this, the first one and the holiday special, then sure, this might be the best one you've never seen. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think the only Star Wars content I haven't seen, I haven't seen the Young Jedi Adventures, because that's like a super baby kid show, and I don't really feel like we're spending my time on that. I never saw the droids or Ewoks cartoons. I hadn't seen the uh, previous Ewoks movie. So, I don't know if the completionist in me deems that worth my time. I don't think so, but... Anyways, we should start pick, picking out how we're going to... So how are we ranking watch? them? Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge oh, of the Sith. Well, I haven't seen the other Ewoks movie yet, so I can't do a full yeah. series ranking. I just can't. I'm not fully informed yet. Keeping that number one spot warm for it, though. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> definitely going to make the top of the list. All right. Next time. Next time we rank them all. All right. I'll try to, I'll try to find time. Does that mean next time we get to E, we have to do the other Ewoks movie? <laughs> Maybe. I'll try to find time to watch the other Ewoks movie before uh, before then so we can do a proper Star Wars ranking. I won't. Be great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so that means we're up to the letter F. Uh, go who wants, fuck yourself. Who wants to go first? Well, I'm I, I'm gonna go with FX, and because I brought it up uh, earlier, and the two of you looked at me like I had two heads. Uh, yeah, I've never seen this movie. I yeah, think we should do FX two. No, I, I won't understand if I haven't seen <laughs> FX one. I think I think you will. Okay, FX two. I think FX two is my is my serve up. I believe. And I haven't seen these movies in 20, 30 years. I believe FX2 is everything great about FX1, but more of it. And I believe that you don't need to see FX1 to see FX2. It's just, it's a it's a whole new plot with the same two characters, Brian well, Dennehy and the other main guy. You know how I roll. I mean, I can't say the same for Chris, but if you tell me something number two, I'm going to watch Watch number one. Reference. If I remember correctly, and again, I'm reaching way back here. Number one isn't as good as number two. I remember watching two over and over when I was a kid. Number one just had one great line right at the end. I mean, it's a great line. Or at least when I was a kid, I thought it was. I was like, this is the greatest line there ever was. But I think that's all it had. A lot of buildup for that one moment. So I'm going to go FX2. Okay, mm-hmm. FX2. Well, I would tell you my movie... But I can't, because the first rule of my movie <laughs> is that you're not allowed to talk about it. Oh, boy. The okay. the second rule of my movie is that you're not allowed to talk it's about gonna it. It's going to be a very quiet podcast if we go with Paul's choice. All right. That's very interesting, because my movie is... <laughs> it's, it's really not. No, That's not it's... my pick. Oh, oh, it's not? No, do you want it to be? I don't know. I'm see, fine. here's I what I thought. Sit here and talk about that movie. Here's what I haven't seen it in a long time, and he, it's similar to the movie that I want. Wait, to say. this was the this was going to be the joke. I wanted to say that, and then I thought you guys would go. 
so your movie's Fight Club. You're and then I was supposed to say it. And then I was gonna go. And I was gonna you go. Just no. Told us the rules. And then I was gonna go. No, my movie's Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to talk about it because all the whips and bondage. <laughs> and then I was gonna go. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Um, you gonna make us watch Fifty Shades of Grey? No, absolutely not. That's not my pick either. <laughs> I just got through Christmas porn. You're gonna make me watch Fifty Shades of Grey with you two assholes? I don't think so. Uh, we're totally inviting your mom for that one. <laughs> Yo, I think that that Man of Web thing is a weird. I think it's a weird Valentine's Day marketing thing because I think they think guys are gonna see it because it's a Spider-Man thing, and girls are going to want to see it because it's the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey. Sony's I don't not, think anyone's going to see Sony's it. Sony's not getting one more dime from me. Not one more dime. I'm boycotting all their crap. I'm hoping they lose their license because they just can't pump them out anymore. That last one, that last one was, not only was it a piece of shit. Which one, Morbius? Yeah. Not oh, only yeah. was it a piece of shit, <laughs> but that last scene, their tag one where Michael Keaton shows oh, up. Boy. Oh, boy. That yeah. just didn't make... That was a mess. Any fucking sense yeah. and just made me want to gouge out my eyes with a fork. Like, it was it was a bad but not horrific... People give it too much grief, I think. I think it was just bad, not horrific. And then that last fucking scene, I was like, what the fuck was that? What sense does this make? You broke all the rules. None of this makes any sense. Hate it. Wait, but let me tell you what I think is going to happen with this. Hate it! Let me tell you what I think is going to happen with this Madam Web movie. I think there's going to be couples where the guy goes, can we see this movie? It's like a Spider-Man thing. And I think the girl's going to go, oh, I want to see that. It's got the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey in it. And then the guy's going to go, what's Fifty Shades of Grey? And then she's going to go, let's watch it with me. And then guys aren't going to be able to comprehend why she's in this movie with her clothes on. And they're going to go, show us your boobs! <laughs> like right there in the theater. <laughs> That's my prediction about Madam Web. <laughs> now I got to go see this movie and just yell, show them your boobs. I'm not going to pay for that ticket. I'll pay for a different ticket so Sony doesn't get my money. <laughs> okay, wait. So, sh- hang on. So, so, now I'm conflicted. So... I'm not watching Fifty Shades of Grey. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) Fifty Shades of Grey is not my pick. But here's the thing. So look, look, I've mapped out the whole alphabet here, right? Like, like, I, like, like, here's my whole, my whole picks for the rest of the alphabet. So I I can tell you that, like, I wrote down Fight Club. But then what happened was I started watching these Ernest movies. And then I was like, I was like, I, I genuinely feel like Jim Varney is like the greatest actor ever. And then I was like, maybe it'd be cool to see a Jim Varney movie that's not an earnest movie. So then I started looking. And there's there's some movies. Like, I mean, there's Beverly Hillbillies, which, like, that's great casting. Right. <laughs> Apparently he was in something called Snowboard Academy. I kind of want to see that. But he was in a movie in the 80s called Fast Food. And, I, yeah, I don't know if it's good or bad. I do know that it's two F's, so if we were playing Scattergories, I'd get double points for this. <laughs> we're not playing Scattergories. He's not top billing, but he is on the poster. So should my pick be fast food or should my pick be Fight Club? This is entirely up to you. I don't know if fast food will be good. I also was like, maybe you can't find it. So then I looked for it, and it's on YouTube for free. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, the poster is... uh, They got two different posters. I don't see one with Jim Varney unless that's him with the giant burger in his mouth. I think that is him with the giant burger. On the the other poster, he's dressed up like a cowboy. 
Oh, wow. and it's got the judge from uh, uh, Caddyshack. Can't remember that, that actor's name. All right, my my pick my pick will be the good movie. My pick is going to be Fight Club, and I'll I will watch this fast food thing and give you a report about it. All right, fast food. I'm probably going to watch fast food. No, Fight Club. <laughs> Fight Club. Fight Club. Got it. Sean's pick is FX. My pick is Fight Club. Okay. Well, uh, I I think the Fight Club pick is super interesting because it's really similar to the pick that I wanted to uh, pose. It comes from the school of movies that a lot of people took the wrong lessons from and idolized the wrong person. I haven't seen this one since high school, and I'm very curious how it holds up. And that would be Falling, falling Down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember thinking it was a very interesting movie, and mm-hmm. I remember laughing at the uh, the fast food scene. Now you're going to die with that stupid little hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's that feel? And like... I didn't realize until recently that this is one of those movies that there are a lot of people who they thought Michael Douglas was the good guy. Uh, kind of similar to like how people think that like Tyler Durden, he's, he's the good guy. He's mm. who you should be trying to be like. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like there are a lot of people out there who thought that Homelander was the good guy. Right. Uh, and I never really, th- I haven't thought about this movie in forever. And then it recently came up in this list of like, movies that people seem to fundamentally misunderstand the message of. And I was like, man, that's an interesting pick. I would, I would like to see what that looks like uh, through modern eyes. I don't think that I've ever misunderstood the message of it, but I will say that as I've gotten older, I unfortunately have identified with it sometimes, <laughs> sometimes feeling bad about that. <laughs> well, there we go. I think We're... I try real hard not to see the messages in movies. <laughs> Stop trying to talk to me! <laughs> Falling down FX2 or Fight Club. Oh my god! We got a three-way tie <laughs> You think Greg's asleep? Better not be. Oh, the Flyers game didn't end that long ago. He's probably still up. And our standby designated voter says... Wow, this is taking longer than usual. I guess we've really come up with some tough decisions here. I think these are good picks. Yeah, I'd be yeah. really, I'd be genuinely interested in watching any of these. You know, it's funny. I can remember a lot of the great scenes from Falling Down, but it's a whole movie, and I really yeah, can't remember, I don't remember the connective m- tissue. Same I here. remember it. I remember it well. I don't remember like much. Like the enough. big scenes, the scene on the golf course, the scene. Wow. The... FX two. Okay. Wild. Wild. The Not dark horse. Right. Yeah. So there's our pick. FX two is their next movie. There's your homework, everybody, and that. Is our show. A theater near you is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. You can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. If you'd like early access to this podcast and several others on the Geekade Podcast Network, check out the Geekade Patreon linked to in the show notes. It helps keep this show running and our site shiny and clean. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time in a theater near you. Yum yum, jub jub. I've gained a taste for human flesh stay safe out there (laughs) eat your oatmeal folks (laughs) diabetes